Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 3, Episode 31. Today we're talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, colon, The Toy Maker from 1991, directed by Martin Kit Rosser. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor Pinocchio McGraw. Welcome to the dumpster. Sir, what do you know about that old guy from the toy store? You mean Joe Petto? Yeah. Nothing really, just that he's a nice man. Why? I wonder if I told you he was arrested for maiming some kids several years ago. What? He owned a toy store in Grove City when I was a kid. They arrested him one Christmas for booby-trapping toys. He'd rig them with lethal devices, and then he sent them to kids all around town. A couple of kids got hurt pretty bad. I think one of them even died. I don't believe it. Sarah, believe it. I was there. Do you get it? Yeah. I'm glad that uh, everyone watching this movie collectively at the same time had that joke in the back of their head. (laughs) Oh, little Pinocchio. Let me tell you, like, the moment this movie, like, reached into its jacket and pulled out its hand, I groaned so fucking loud I just woke the dead. (laughs) Hey, Connor, later on in the movie, there was a a literal hand that it pulled out of its pocket. (laughs) Pulled it right out of its ass. Oh, my God. Like, I could not believe what this movie was trying to serve me. I think it was supplied by Terry O'Quinn. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Just batshit insanity. That's that's for sure. Well, it's the fifth in a fucking series of movies that it has nothing to do with. Yeah. So here we are. This is our first episode of Trashing Through the Snow, guys. Jingle them motherfucking bells, cause cause we're kicking it up. We're we got Christmas tunes going. We got the cookies in the oven. We're all ready to go. Just strap in because um this movie is I don't know I don't know how to describe this honestly. It's like it's <laughs> it's several whacked out ideas. I'm gonna stop you there. Think about this. Mull this over while we go through like the listener questions and the setup of the episode, and then when we get to that point where we're like, okay, we're talking about the movie. Who wants the plot crunch? Connor, you'll have it fucking... You already have it figured out. Oh, I, I can't wait. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a wild uh, sleigh ride of a movie. <laughs> Someone threw several darts at an idea board and said, let's do all of them. Uh, this is like from the dark recesses of Brian Yuzna's, like, script t- drawer. He, like, dug it up. And, oh, oh, well, I got this lying around. Fuck it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Single- this is four movies, okay? Like... <laughs> <laughs> we will get there. But uh before we uh get into the uh the killer toys and such, I'm sure we got some Patreon questions, do we not, Sean? Uh yes we do. We got a few here. And kicking us off, Nicholas Walters. How you doing, Nick? Hey, Nick. He says, I hope everyone had a great and safe Thanksgiving. We all have a movie or movies that shaped some of or all of our childhood in some way. Uh, and he asked, what movies shaped yours? And, uh, I mean, we talk about this a decent amount on this show, starting that off right away. God, there's so many. Like, from such a young age, like, movies, in case you haven't noticed by now, but, like, they're my life. Like, I can't live without them. Like, when, every, when all of my movies were in a box, when I moved, like, I was having, like, withdrawals. Something was wrong with me. I couldn't figure it out. And it was the fact that I couldn't <laughs> access my films. But, like... Um, as far as childhood goes, geez, uh, I, t- I was, 
I was like born and raised on uh, full moon films. Uh, Ghostbusters comes to mind. Jurassic Park comes to mind. Predator, Aliens. Um, I can name two off the top of my head that have like an insurmountable stamp on my the rest of my life one is a ninja turtles movie oh yeah that too because that movie <laughs> uh, not only not only informed my taste for the rest of my life but that movie was magical to me as a kid and mm. to like when i watch as an adult i'm like god this is still so good <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember i got like the double uh vhs of uh secret of the ooze and the, and the and the second tape was all like the making of and i think that was like one of my first exposures to shit like that and i'm like this is what i want to do even though i'm kind of doing it but not really <laughs> yeah and then when you watch that as an adult now you're like this movie is dark and it's like doing a lot of really mature shit oh sure while also parading around a bunch of dudes in latex turtle suits who are doing backflips and saying cowabunga oh yeah it's super heavy at times and i love it to death mm. second movie because it scared the fucking shit out of me uh was alien because i saw that way too young i don't know how <laughs> or when but i didn't want to be near anything that uh potentially a xenomorph head could fit into i didn't want to be any, <laughs> I, I didn't want to be near any pipes i didn't want to be near any steam nothing oh man that just reminded me of the fucking great movie ride and i remember going on that as a kid and like the fucking alien <laughs> i was literally just thinking the same thing yeah with the fucking alien that comes out of the, the whole like uh drive through it's fucking great they literally even have like a sigourney weaver like a uh, model, like a uh, mm-hmm. robot or whatever you want to call it. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it's in uh, MGM Studios. You have to go to Florida. You have to go You have to go back, Connor. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, Ghostbusters is the obvious one. I feel like that was like something that we had on in our household on fucking repeat, like daily. Yeah, that was a that was a recording we had, and I wore that tape out. Mm-hmm. Other ones, just like, that remind me of my childhood, but like now I'm like, oh, those mo- these movies kind of suck are like Casper and uh, Independence Day for some reason was a movie I liked a lot as a kid. I guess maybe it was like the one like kind of violent film my mom let me watch. So I, I just kept going back to it for years. And then I, I had watched it with Joe uh, and a couple friends at a, I think it was like a New Year's party, like probably eight or nine years ago. And I was like, man, this movie sucks. I was like, I don't know why I like this so much as a kid. Independence Day is fine. I mean, I think it's fine. It's dumb as rocks, but then resurgence happen. You're like, oh, this is a classic. This is a dung pile. Wow. <sighs> right. Oh, it's Casablanca. I mean, I like a lot about it. I, I, I'm, uh, it still sucks, but I like it. It's one of those movies for sure. I mean, especially Randy Quaid is great in that. Oh, yeah. Goldblum's great. Smith's great. It's shit, but it's, it's, it's wonderful, uh, like, please feed me more shit. Sure. And of course, I always think of the guy that played, uh, Goldblum's father, David! David! I mean, his brother or the other or the other guy? His dad, his Jewish dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His very Jewish stereotype dad. Oh, I thought you were talking about the guy from Mrs. Doubtfire. No, not Harry Firestein. That would go, David! He also does say that, but yeah, deeper voice for sure. Who was murdered in a nuclear explosion by going, oh, crap. <laughs> Uh, I guess Batman, too. Jesus. Uh, oh, yeah, Batman, absolutely. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, I had a bad cape when I was little. I wore it all the time. Sure did. Batman, uh, Swamp Thing was a big one for me, too. But also, I, I guess that's more of the animated series. Uh, Princess Bride. Yeah? I wasn't really into it as a kid, but but great movie. The Goonies was a big one. I, I mean, there's so many. Goonies is a good one. Um, I don't know. My, my childhood, it wasn't bad or anything like that. We saw a lot of shit, but my... my uh, my parents didn't let me see anything too, uh, 
too uh, violent. It was my dad would kind of try to get me when my mom either wasn't home or not paying attention. Like, hey, you want to watch Jaws? You want to watch Alien for the first time? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like far and few between until I got into my teens. And then it was just like, fuck it. I just watched whatever. And no one really said anything. But mm-hmm. it's hard to really think back to what those movies would have been for me personally. Sure. So I have a funny story about like my access to movies as a kid and how like okay so i've talked about how my mom is insane with how she wants to like filter entertainment but she has no idea what she's filtering because she's just dumb when it comes to pop culture (laughs) so when i was like 10 big fucking you know shelf vhs's i was bored one day and completely unsupervised watched all of blue velvet and was just (laughs) fucked up afterwards oh no (laughs) oh my god what how did wait a second your your mother doesn't keep anything like that in the house how did she have blue velvet on the shelf yeah right (laughs) I don't know how we got Blue Velvet, but I watched the whole thing as, like, a preteen, and I was like, holy shit, what is this? I think that was a Mr. McGraw purchase. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Good movie, too, by the way. I don't think my mom knows who the fuck David Fincher is, or David Lynch. Right. What's that stuff he keeps uh, breathing in? What is that? Yeah. Why's King Koopa got the mask on? I don't get it. My mom probably thinks Twin Peaks is a fucking restaurant, okay? And I'll just add a quick addendum to this question. Again, like like we kind of said when I kicked it off, uh, a lot of this show, to say that, that, that kind of encompasses the answer. Well, yeah, that's what I was just about to get to. Like, mo- most of the shit uh, that I choose for this show is stuff that I grew up with. Like, any of the little rubber monster movies mm. that nobody's fucking ever heard of or gives a shit about, those are the stuff. That that was my bread and butter. I mean, of course... Or that or that someone passionately hates. Sure, that too. <laughs> you know, I, I, obviously all the mainstream stuff like we mentioned already, but like stuff like Mac and Me and A Gnome Named Norm and... and and uh, munchy shit like that. I mean that 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 was constantly on rotation uh, as a kid, and even now, you know. Yeah, grown ass man. Daggers into my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that question, Nicholas. And our next question comes from Daniel. Perhaps he says, "Was there ever a toy you guys desperately wanted for Christmas when you were younger, but never got?" Mm. Fucking if in the pit. God damn it! <laughs> I knew that was coming out. And he continues, and if so, have you bought it for yourself now, being an adult? Uh, Personally, I've recently been buying up every N64 and Sega game I always wanted as a kid but never got. Mm. I don't think I get it from the pit, honestly. I I mean, probably off of eBay or a collector. Sure, you get it off eBay. I would probably pay a a lot for it. I think it's like a couple hundred bucks, but... Would you play it or would you just get it to be like, ha, I finally have that thing? I would play it like... I would probably break that out for, like, really special occasions. Sure. I want to play some fucking It from the Pit. Yeah, but that would absolutely sit in a shelf, like, just protected. Oh, you know what I always wanted I didn't get? I forget the fucking name of it, but it was, like, this mo- make a monster face or whatever. It's, like, the skeleton head, and you, it's, he was, like, a, it was, like, a scary, it was, like, a scary Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> I, I, I actually had that monster head, yeah. Yeah, it was, like, a scary Mr. Potato Head. I always wanted that. Didn't get that. Yeah, you put, like, slime on it and shit. It had, like, worms that crawled out of the face. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, I guess that's uh, that's the only thing I can really think of. The other thing was uh, Gundam model kits. I had a few, and that was like scratching an itch I didn't know I had. Mm. And so when I got like a handful, I was like, oh, I want all of these. But my mom was like, ha no. <laughs> and she probably would have done to that the same that she did to my Ninja Turtle collection, which is like secretly trash half of it and go, I don't know what happened to it. Oh, God. That happened a lot, too, when I was a kid because we moved a lot. Oh, yeah, it always happened on moves. She was like, I don't know. This entire toad of turtles went. Yeah, oh, I don't know what happened. 
What happened to your Ghostbusters house? Uh, and the and the yeah yeah Technodrome. You never had it. Go to bed, Connor. Oh my God, the Technodrome. Yeah, and but that was the thing. Like you know, we didn't have a crazy lot of money, so like when we moved, we had to like just take what what I, I think I said that before. Whatever could fit in. Uh, I had an uh, I have this giant play school football that is in my basement at the moment, full of old toys. Whatever could fit in there, I was able I was allowed to take with me. But yeah, when I was a, when I was an adult and had my own you know, disposable income, I'm still doing it now. I still buy Gundam model kits. I don't have as many as I used to, but in my 20s, I was buying that shit up left and right. I'm constantly getting uh, yelled at by my fiance because I keep buying shit <laughs> <laughs> that I used to have as a kid. I've actually I bought the same Leonardo collection. It's a comic. It's um. It's one of the earlier Eastman and Laird runs. Uh, it's the Return of the Shredder. Uh, Leonardo goes out on Christmas and gets attacked by the foot. And it's uh, what the first movie is primarily based off of. Down to a visual, like, entire sequences are lifted. I've bought that comic five times because I've lost it that many times. Oh, God. Just get a PDF, man. <laughs> I honestly, I don't know. I got Maybe I'm the odd man out. I, I really have no uh nothing like that at all i don't give a shit if i if i uh wanted it as a kid and i couldn't get it i i'm kind of either over it or i bought it and it, it wasn't a big enough deal to me that i can remember to be honest i don't know like uh i really would have to fucking i'd have to think about it pretty hard but nothing comes to mind nothing nothing like super passionate like again like i wanted that that monster head thing but sure right nothing that was like i, w- I wanted a crash dummy remember those i wanted one of those one christmas yeah fuck yeah oh my god that was the forbidden fruit my mom was like absolutely not that is so many loose pieces that will explode <laughs> and get lost yeah but i wasn't like hey when i hit my 20s i was like you know what I need that crash dummy. Let's check eBay. I, I mean, maybe some people are sure. Some people would obviously. But. I need this incredibly weird concept for a children's toy. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, blurt balls, man. Um, I I still have a few from when I was a kid, but I've been trying to get the whole set. Right. Um, but they're fucking expensive as fuck, and like especially for like like decent condition. Those are some of my favorite toys. I think in the same vein, I wanted the Putty Patrol toys that blew up when you press the button. Oh. I don't remember those, but that sounds cool. For the same reason I wanted crash test dummies, because I was enthralled by the idea of having an action figure where you could press a button and it would just explode. Sure. Now that we're talking about it, one of my favorite uh, aliens uh, toys, remember how they had like the gorilla alien and the snake alien and the whatever alien? Oh, I've, I've got mantis alien looking at me from the shelf. Oh, I still got all that shit in the basement, but specifically my favorite one was the scorpion alien, because when you pressed a button, you put it together and you pressed a fucking button on its tail or some shit, the whole thing exploded. So, you know, you could always... Always, like, have, like, Ripley or, or Hicks or some shit shoot it with a missile and then press a button and it fucking explodes. I had that. I had the Ajax uh, figure. Oh, that was so cool. Yeah. The, the, the guy in the... The alien disguise. Yeah, the alien disguise. Yeah, that was a good one, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have anything. I'm sorry. I wish I could give a better answer than that. <laughs> Moving right along, we have Dustin Elkins here, and he says, If you could pair up two characters from the MDU to make a buddy cop movie... Who would you cast? Job and Cyborg Man. <laughs> I've been saying it since fucking episode one of season two. Well, he he throws out McConaughey and Elvis from Prehistoric Three, but I I like what you're saying. <laughs> Oh my god, dude. They run a gambling scheme out of Las Vegas, those two? They could. Maybe. Come on, big boy. Elvis fucking walks in. Um, Ernest 
and uh, Matt Letcher E. Barthon. Does he steal the suit from him or something? <laughs> Has like a time traveling fucking caper. Like they have to, have to go acquire something. Is he like a reverse Ernest? <laughs> Is there a reverse Ernest? Yeah, well, I guess uh, uh, Nash, right? From Ernest Goes to Jail? Oh my God. I would imagine it's just Eobard Thawne constantly being like bamboozled by Ernest just accidentally. <laughs> he turns into different superheroes and like makes fun of them. Yeah, he keeps acquiring new powers accidentally and just kicking his ass. <laughs> I found his cold gun in the museum over there. <laughs> Rimshot! Rimshot! Come on! Help me! Rimshot! Rimshot. I got him Captain Cold! But it's crypto, you know? Right. Oh, absolutely. Actually. (laughs) (laughs) The original on this show, back before the MDU was, like, a thing, like, while it was still forming, Mm. we always had that joke for a while there where we were talking about John Hurt and uh, Ral Julia, buddy cop. Uh, team up. Yeah, that too. Maybe bring that back full circle. Raul Julia doesn't get a lot of representation in our silly fucking... Yeah. Well, we gotta get him on the show more. We, we gotta do that Street Fighter movie. We gotta finally pull the fucking trigger on that. Yeah, I also think it's because he's so sedated in that movie that yeah. like the only impression, the only character we can run away with is him going, damn you. Yeah, he's taking a nap, so we need it. We need <laughs> Bison on the show so we can go full bore. Yeah, yeah. Wow, this watch is very impressive. I have to go to sleep now. Is that a timepiece? Norman Dobby. That'd be a good one. Daniel Baldwin and Norm. <laughs> okay. Fucking A. Get in the car, you fucking gnome. Not a buddy cop movie, but I want to see a face-off ripoff with Daniel Baldwin and Clint Howard. <laughs> <laughs> After Sean sent that clip of initiation today. Oh, my. We're going to... I. We might talk about it. We might not. We'll see, but... That's a movie. I want to see the buddy cop movie of Charnetsky and Dobby where he just keeps killing Dobby and it's like fucking up their... It's fucking their case up and the the chief, like Mr. Cheese is the chief from... uh, Shakes the Clown, you know, Paul Doolin. He's like... Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah. Charnetsky, you gotta stop killing your partner. You're a loose cannon, Charnetsky. But he's a goddamn elf. I hate him. This is the same thing, the same problem we had with Haggerty. That's why we took him off Haggerty's team and gave him to you. I don't got no problem with him. I just, you know, you remember that happened with that case, the Elfenhuten case? I could, you know, they're Nazis, man. Come on. I got shot in that case. I'm not even sure if I died. I might have. <laughs> I just started smoking uh, some camels, and the smoke started coming out of different parts of my body. I can only assume it's because of the bullets, but since since I'm magical, it, you know, you know, Chief, you know the deal. You're up here. You ascended. That's why we're having this whole uh, <laughs> ascended police station routine. It just pulls out, and, and Haggerty's just, like, in a fucking mental institution in a rubber room. <laughs> It's not even like, it's not even Haggerty the Blue, it's like actual Dan Haggerty, it's like all in his mind. <laughs> oh no, poor Dan Haggerty. Oh my god, you just like Gilbert Grape this whole fucking, um, this MDU. <laughs> I had a little bit too much, uh, cocaine man coming out of his back pocket. I was gonna say, like, yeah, and I was shot and fell down and this white cloud surrounded me and I felt fine. Hey, it's a hell of a drug. You know, it's magical. And then I murdered 15 people with my bare hands. I'm trying to think of a couple more that uh, before we move on, because like obvious ones, obviously, are like characters we're already pairing together, which I don't think is what Dustin is necessarily asking. But like Comdar and Corpse Fucker, I, I don't even know what that would be. I, I just had this image of Corpse Fucker in the passenger seat while Comdar's driving the car. It's just fear loading in Las Vegas. No, it's a fucking Brazzers video straight to Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> There's a girl in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> She's like so, like little tiny, this little tiny girl. Oh, God. So McConaughey from Rain of Fire and Bale from Equilibrium. And Bale from Equilibrium is constantly like, 
Do I fucking know you from somewhere? See, that's like a real one, though, right? Like, it could be real. I know, yeah. <laughs> it's borderline, yeah. Uh, how how about this? Koopa and Medea. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Bowser's house? House, house of Bowser? <laughs> she just keeps fucking punching him. <laughs> the rock, where is it? Motherfucker, I don't, I don't got no rock. The rock? What the, what, what the hell? I'm smoking no rock. <laughs> <laughs> Why does that sound so accurate? Oh, don't worry, Sean. She's she's coming back in this episode. Oh, Jesus Christ! Not Medea, please. No, not not Medea. Her weird fat friend who doesn't know how to react to spooky things in the mirror. <laughs> oh, okay, I was like, please spare me. Oh God, and Bam, and Bam's making a return. I don't need Medea's Christmas. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is a this is one of those questions where we could just sit here. All day, like, how about the monster from Frankenstein Unbound? He doesn't get too much love. Uh, partner him up with, uh, I don't know, Rumpelstiltskin? Oh, oh my goodness. Um, monster in the closet, maybe. Uh, throw all three of them in a car and the being back there. What? The, why not? Let's get the monster police. The, mo- <laughs> the, the monster police. Mr. Cheese uh, assumes a Nick Fury-like role, and he assembles all of the god-awful monsters from this stupid universe we have and creates the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> he goes over to the monster bar. You think yeah. <laughs> he leaves the clown bar to go to the monster bar, and they're all hanging out there. You, th- you think he's dead because Monster in the Closet pulled him in, but he didn't die, right? Right. Well, remember, if you go back to that Shakes the Clown, episode i know the lore runs deep with mr cheese of all characters it does he got turned into like a fucking puppet or something like a marionette or some shit if i remember correctly something like that but now he has an eye patch and he's at the monster bar right looking for a few good monsters he's all better now for some reason my my brain turned him into big boss right now (laughs) yeah connor me too me fucking too. That's kind of what I was picturing this whole time. Um, we we, we got to ask Rudy Real for the details uh, on that whole Mr. Cheese situation. And there you go. And our last Patreon question comes in from John. Hey, John. How you doing, John? John Hurt. Oh, is that who that is? There was no last name. It's John Hurt. Can't fucking hide from us. <laughs> <laughs> I signed up for your Patreon, you stupid fools. I'm in through the back door. <laughs> I'm like Ultron, sort of. <laughs> I'm clear and present. <laughs> but John says, I am woefully uneducated in horror movies. Can you guys list some must-see all-time greats? Fuck. That's easy. I mean... Oh, it's so easy. We could be here for hours. I know. Well, I mean... Well, let's keep it to like three to five each. Okay, here I go. Evil Dead, The Thing, Dawn of the Dead, um... Hellraiser. How about Hellraiser? Hell- Hellraiser, uh... F- <laughs> I, Jesus, I don't know. Friday the 13th, uh, part six. I, uh, and part one, possibly two, three, four. It, it's it's such a vague question. Like, you say, oh, a horror movie. It's so, like, vague. Like, I need, like, sub sub things, right? So, if you're that, like, unschooled in it, and you really want to, like, test your palate, I think, like, the, the subjectively correct series of answers would be to, like, treat it like a buffet and you want to grab like one of each thing sure so like i would say just because it's always in my brain like you know something like pulse and if you want to go to slasher films like go to like my bloody valentine Mm, it's the king sci-fi horror absolutely go to the thing or alien if you want something like super you know modern contemporary i would say uh hereditary yeah the conjuring the conjuring yeah the conjuring oh fuck anything james wan has touched in the last, like, 15 years. Yeah, Insidious. That whole series, especially the first two, I-, I think are really good. I gotta revisit those again. I don't know how I feel. Insidious 3 and 4 are 
are way better than they fucking should be. <laughs> sure. They're actually doing five, finally. Uh, just as a quick aside, and Patrick Wilson's directing it, and it's going to be uh, the family from the first two, like, now. Huh. Like, ten years removed. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm fucking excited for that. Yeah, I- I'm-, I'm interested. And then I'm going to throw, like, another fo- like I'm going to throw Terrified in there because it's, like, one of the more really recent uh, examples of horror coming out of... Or Beelzebuth, which is horror movies coming out of, like, somewhere, I guess, like, less... Um, Less known for producing them because we had like the the J horror you know boom. We had the the Korean horror boom. Uh, for a hot second, Australia was producing these like fucked up uh, horror movies. Oh yeah, and now South America is pumping these out, and they're all fucking fantastic. Um, and Beelzebuth had like Tobin Bell show up from Jig from Saw. Um, and it was like I think it was uh co-produced by uh, an American studio. Reanimator. I I was waiting for you to say Reanimator for like two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Reanimator is like horror comedy almost. Um, that goes right with Evil Dead too. This is so fucking difficult for me. Like you don't even know. Yeah, and then like if I'm gonna grab one more from a different part of the world, it's Among the Living, which is a. I caught the last thirty minutes of this on Shutter, and the last thirty minutes like ripped me from what I was doing and glued me to the screen because it was so fucking intense. And, and like to your point, kind of though, where you're saying like. You know, how intense do you want to go? Like, here's one that's super intense. If you're just like, John, you want to just jump in head first? Martyrs. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, or like Inside or something. I mean, that's like spl- that's like a gore fest, though. That's like that's like French. Uh, sure. Yeah, it's like a French, uh, hyper-realistic French gore movie. I think Martyrs is a little bit more than that, but it is gory as fuck for sure. Yeah, or like The Woman, like if you really want to fuck up your day. Sure. Well, then, fuck you. Go right to Irreversible. Not even a fucking... It's a drama, but it sure is a fucking horror movie. Sure. And I've talked about the show before, and we talked more about it off-show, but uh, Borgman, which is a, uh, mm. a German, I think, or it's a German or Swedish uh, psychological horror film that, to this day, like, really unsettles me, and I, I still can't really unravel the whole thing. Halloween, of course. Black Christmas, like we did on this show. I mean, we have a bunch on the show, if you kind of go down the list that uh, come to mind blood rage yeah again it's it's tough like i need i need to know what you're into to recommend things or else i feel like i'm blindly recommending shit and like if i tell you something that you're not into off the bat and you watch it and you're like that movie sucked then we're we're already at a disconnect you know what i'm saying yeah and that's why i kind of think like if he really if he's serious about taking the dive like he should kind of look at things at least give things a try that are from very different parts of the spectrum because when you're trying to inform your taste like this, like you you're you have no idea what the fuck you're gonna get. So Yeah, throw some fucking giallo in there, get some Italian horror in there. Yeah. That that was gonna be what I was gonna say. Specifically watch New York Ripper so you can laugh at the fucking duck noise, okay? Well that's a good movie though. Well yeah, no, for sure. Kick up some fucking demons, uh, a blade in the dark. Uh that's that's one of my favorite uh, Bavas. Um uh 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 Blood and Black Lace is a great one. Oh, Blood and Black Lace f- fucking rules. Bird with a Crystal Plumage is great. Tenebrae, another Italian classic. Yeah, I think that I think that's my favorite Argento. I love Tenebrae because the music in Tenebrae is unhinged. Okay, <laughs> it's fucking Goblin, dude. Yeah, Elm Street. There's a bunch of those that are great. The first one I think is good, but three is like the one to watch. Like one in three, probably. Like two's good. Don't get me wrong, but no, I would watch. I would watch. One, two, and three for sure. Sure. Straight up. And if I have to give, because uh, Joe mentioned Dawn of the Dead, that is an excellent pick. For me personally, I go with Day of the Dead. Um, and if I had to give you any more zombie movies, I would say Zombie. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, by Lucio Fulci. And um, Train to Busan, which came out a couple years ago, and 
fuck, that movie is good. Or or if you want to go a little bit more comedy, like like Joe said, Evil Dead. I mean, Evil Dead 1, a little less comedy, but 2 and 3 for sure. 2 is the perfect film. I think that's... Agreed. That's my favorite Evil Dead for sure. 2 is hilarious. Like, <laughs> it's, it's one of my favorite movies too. It's creepy as fuck and also, and also funny. <laughs> I, was, I was just saying that because I don't want to put a pin on Connor's comment about zombies. Like, Shaun of the Dead is a great, like, mm. comedy horror that, you, you know, it's not super intense. It's violent as hell, but it's like the comedy peppers in there perfectly throughout. Sure. I think Shaun of the Dead has its maximum efficiency when you taste other zombie films. You get used to those tropes. So then when you go into Shaun of the Dead, you're like, oh, this is extra funny now because it's playing all these these you know silly ideas from this other this genre there you go so i hope some of those movies in there wet your pal maybe you look look up some of the titles see if they uh scratch an itch if not uh, maybe at least it puts you on the right track john yeah maniac the burning i hope that f5 hurricane of movies uh we just threw at you uh, is, is adequate yeah again if just a note to people that are if you want to write in about what movies you should watch be a little bit more specific um the horror genre is, genre is so rich with subgenres and you know different types of movies that still fall under that umbrella and it's all a lot of it is very uh subjective like it's extremely subjective well sure yeah not like more so than like you'd expect because i know people who like i for one think hereditary i just mentioned is fucking amazing don't ever ask me to watch it again, though, because it made me incredibly uncomfortable. Sure. I have a friend named uh, Fallon who fucking hates it, and I agree with everything <laughs> she says, but I just don't agree with that. Right. Like, I, I see what she says, I just don't agree with it. Sure, but I think that's also, not to get on a side tangent about Hereditary, but I think that is one of those movies in the last few years that that's kind of been the consensus. You either, you either like it or you don't. <laughs> you're going to enjoy that pummeling for two and a half hours, or you're going to go, fuck this. <laughs> right, and I guess that's, my, that's to my point, because I could be like, wow, that movie's amazing, but like, it's not your flavor at all. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Exactly. I think I think Joe's nailing it with what he's saying. Yeah. But yeah, we hope that uh, helped you out a little bit. And you can always ask us questions via email or uh, over on the Patreon like we just uh, went over. And you can sign up for any tier to uh, do that and see all these behind the scenes things like we just released that uh, promo. Oh, we sure did. We didn't talk about it really, but uh, you know, a wizard and, and an elf. Having a little fun, getting together for the holiday season, putting putting the uh you know their uh their quarrels aside to uh, join in some brotherly love, talking about some movies. Yeah, to talk about some uh, tapes, TM. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's gonna sue us now. Great. Ah shit. Uh, bleep that out, Sean. <laughs> Future Sean, bleep that out. He he comes back with his own show. It's called it's called Movies from the Dumpster. Yeah, right. Well, he already said he's got that film trash can. I think is what he called it. Film <laughs> trash can, yeah. Um, but you can sign up for the two dollar tier that gets you access to all the posts on there. Uh, Five dollar tier gets you access to that. Uh, you get a sticker pack, movie dumpster sticker pack, and you also get our commentary tracks. We just put the first one out last month. Uh, the the legend of Gator Face, yeah, Gator Dong, yeah. <laughs> Look out for that Gator's Tallywhacker. We gotta we gotta find that thing. Everybody's hungry for it in that movie. You don't want to miss that commentary track. Or just wait for the moment where I just lose my fucking mind at that. <laughs> Towards the end of that movie, like. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I think I think we all lost it a few times. Like my 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 stability just shatters. Uh, we also have book to the movie on there with a uh, CB Smith. We uh, posted that first episode mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, talking about Frankenstein Unbound. So check that out. While we're on the topic, uh, you know the the, the turkeys are already cooked and eaten. But uh, one turkey. Well, I was gonna say he didn't get eaten, but he kind of did at the end of that uh that episode. A Franken turkey. Yeah, he's getting reassembled though. Little little Thanksgiving side dish. I mean, if you're over Thanksgiving, that's fine. But why don't you give that episode a listen? Go over there, pay that five bucks. Yeah, we know you got the week old, two week old, whatever the timeline is on this. I've already lost the thread. <laughs> uh, 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 you know, mashed potatoes <laughs> that should have been thrown out already, but th- you know, you're still biting into them with a spoon. And don't forget, you get all of that. Yes. Yes. You get all of that. So you sign up for 5 or 10 and you for $5 you get a sticker pack and the commentaries and all the other minisodes we're talking about. And then if you do the $10 you get a sticker pack, a pin and a t-shirt and you get all that other shit. So it's pretty I mean that's a pretty good fucking deal. I mean, you're sitting here listening to this show for free, you know what I mean? You want to help support us and get some extra shit. Yeah. Uh not a bad gig. All for a cup of coffee. Speaking of promos, if you haven't seen uh, the March of the MDU video that we released. <laughs> yes, that too. Thank you. Where Joe and Sean completely disappear into these fucking <laughs> cartoonish uh, versions of, of Barnaby and Oliver Hardy. And my official first visual jump into the Speed Force, uh, go fucking check that out. It's solidified. And like some really good fucking portal uh, uh, special <laughs> effects. But I believe... You know, you lead me into the uh, Patreon questions, Joe. I'm going to lead you into this question. Yes. Riddle me this. Emails, right? Yes, I do have some emails. Or we have some emails, rather. I- I'm going to read them, but yes, we have emails. Uh, we have a few. And I guess uh, I'm going to start this off with one that we got a couple months back. I, I uh, or not a couple months, but last month. I had missed this one, so I apologize. It got stuck in the uh, seat cushion. You couldn't see it. <laughs> I'm very sorry. Here it is. Is it Jelly of the Month Clubs? No. Okay. <laughs> Biggest bag over the head, punch in the face. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Holy shit. So this comes from MC Rast, and he says, Love the podcast. If you have time, especially around the holidays, you should do the 1986 version of Babes in Toyland with Keanu Reeves and Drew Barrymore. <laughs> holy shit. Here's the funny thing. I brought up the idea that we were doing that mo- we were doing the original Babes in Toyland at work, and my coworker Tracy goes, Oh, with Keanu Reeves? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it's just funny because, you know, we did March of the Wooden Soldiers, which is the original Babes in Toyland, and, like, uh, I had remember reading this, and I was like, oh, we're doing that. Um, and I forgot, and I forgot to read this. So anyway, he says, I got the VHS free with a Burger King kids meal sometime in the early 90s. <laughs> Do you remember when they did that shit? Like, McDonald's and Burger King? Like, you got VHS tapes? Vaguely. That you could get. I think Adam's Family was one of those uh, deals. Yeah, I think Tony was actually talking about that recently. Oh, right. I think Tony talked about it. I'm pretty sure uh, Josh over at Lunch Meet VHS uh, had an article on it or, or a post or something he was talking about them. He concludes with, if you need to be convinced, check out this musical number. And then he has a link to it, which I'm not going to click or play on the show. Uh, but, uh, we can, we'll, maybe we'll post it on that Instagram, take a peek. Um, and he says, please keep doing what you're doing. Well, thank, thanks, MC Rast. Uh, that was very nice of you. And also, I believe he's from Ireland, so that's kind of neat. Fuck yeah. Uh, Sean, I think our names are just currency over there. (laughs) 
<laughs> O'Rourke and uh, McGraw. Yeah, or my even my dad was like, "Oh yeah, I hung out with an O'Rourke when I was little." Oh god, that blew my mind when you told me that the other day. Yeah, his 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 fucking childhood best friend's name is your fucking brother's name, <laughs> or at least this guy wrote a book um, with Ireland in the title. So yeah, uh, how to fix Ireland by How to Howard. <laughs> the whole country. I don't know. Um, also, uh, of course, we're to keep doing what we're doing because I don't know what I'd be doing if we weren't doing this. Sure, I beats me. So yeah, thanks. Thanks, MC Rast. Um, Our next one comes from John Browning. Hi, Joe, Sean, and Connor. I love the podcast and found out about it through YouTube on Hack the Movies review of Frankenstein Unbound, where Joe guest hosted. (laughs) Love it. Can't believe how much that movie is doing for us. (laughs) Um... It's the year of Unbound, dude, for sure. Unbound is eternal. The movie has become Unbound. Uh, by the way, if you haven't checked that out yet, head o- yeah, head over to that Hack the Movies YouTube and uh, check out the Talking About Tapes episode of Frankenstein Unbound. And, uh, you know, listen, watch the other ones. I, I believe Tony, as of this recording, just released The Exor- the Other Exorcist 3. Yeah, The Other Exorcist 3. Not the one with Brad Dorff and... Uh, uh, George C. Scott, the other one. I thought there was two Exorcist prequels. There's two Exorcist threes. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. T- it was made like before two. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, don't want to spoil it. Go watch that. Go watch that YouTube video. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So John continues. Um, I decided to give the podcast a try, and I'm glad I did. You guys are funny, and there is not a second that I am not entertained. I love how. This is just straight movie talk without being too sophisticated and more real. Keep up the great work, guys. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> don't don't expect much more out of me. Well, we're constantly <laughs> talking about cum and, and um, John Hurt fucking up the time continuum and things like that. GVD's libido. It's, yeah, I mean, the important things. We're, we're tackling the important things, you know? Yeah. I am glad that anyone at all can hack through the forest that is my bibble babble and get something entertaining out of it so <laughs> um yes i uh half the time i we we sign off for the show and i'm like i don't even know what the fuck i just said but i'm glad i'm glad uh i'm glad you're enjoying it john and i'm glad all, all of you are enjoying it um so thank you very much john browning thanks john yeah we have one more this comes from kevin M. Wait a second. What the fuck? D- does he know Marv? Does, does he know Vera? <laughs> I'm on to you, kid. Vera, Kevin, Kevin, Vera. John Hurt and Kevin McAllister sending us emails in the same show. Something's going on. See, here we go. This, you know, you know, when the abyss stares back. This is that. This, these are these points. <laughs> John Hurt signs up for your Patreon. Kevin McAllister, Kevin McAllister's uh, writing you a fucking email. I'm very upset what you said about that fourth movie. <laughs> That's not the real Kevin, though. That was an imposter Kevin. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's nega Kevin. <laughs> it's dark Kevin. Oh, my goodness. So Kevin says, hey, guys, I recently discovered your show and just wanted to say I think it's great. It's like a good mix of MST3K and Joe Bob Briggs or someone with sim... Oh, you kind, kind man. Or someone with sh- similar show format. Yeah, that was very sweet. Thank you. <laughs> Ooh, man. And I mean that as a compliment. I took it as one. <laughs> <laughs> Not as a negative thing where I guess people be like, oh, you're just copying the other fucking guys, I guess is what that means. Oh, no, they're on to me. Whoops. <laughs> Make sure you go listen to that commentary track. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not secretly two robots masquerading as a human being. No, that's not true. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who Crow T Robot is. <laughs> question mark. He's he's definitely not a skeleton. Well, I can't dodge that question anymore. <laughs> it's out in the open for everybody to see. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's on video. So he continues. I've started with some of the older episodes for movies that I recognize, and my favorite episode so far is The Punisher, 1989. <laughs> 
that's gonna be kind. That's kind of funny that that came up in this episode. But continue. Mm. I love that movie, and your impressions of Dolph speaking as the Punisher were hilarious and dead on. Although I can't help but point out that one of you sounded like Stephen Wright from Reservoir Dogs hosting K. Billy Super Sounds from the seventies, laughing my ass off. That was that was probably me because that's how I talked. This is my Punisher voice. Uh, mine is the uh the much more sleepier. Uh, that was the that was the Partridge Family. Somebody doesn't somebody want to be wanted. Madonna's big dick coming out of my right ear. Uh, mine was the more sleepy. Uh. Less coherent sounding one. I didn't really do it because I was afraid it sounded like shit, and I just let everybody else kind of do it. Now I don't care. Uh, D- Dave's Dave's is also fantastic too. Oh yeah, I'm glad this email came for this episode because you will not be disappointed. <laughs> this show brings back great memories for me. I'd spend an hour or more each visit to the local video store with two dollars in my pocket, carefully reading the front and back of every VHS box, trying to figure out what to rent. Late 89, early 90s, he says. I'm right in the, I'm right in the fucking pocket with you there. I'm sure I annoyed the owners for taking forever, but they were awesome since they let me rent whatever I wanted that wasn't in the sleazy hidden back room labeled adults only. This literally sounds like when we change store, exchange stories by A to Z video. Oh, yeah. It's true. Walk in. The guy's like, what do you want? It's cool. We'll take it. Yeah. We, you you give me a lot of my business, kiddo. So we have whatever you want except the porn. 20 rentals? Fine. <laughs> Although I probably did that thing where I pretended to not to know what it was and wandered in there momentarily to try to get a look at some tits or something. <laughs> I mean, I guess we all did, right? At some point, we peeked behind that curtain, tried to try to catch a glimpse of those big boxes. Your honesty is admirable. I mostly rented horror, and there weren't, and there were so many films I never got around to renting. So it's kind of cool to see some of those films reviewed here. After listening to the episode on Blair Witch Two: Book of Shadows, I wondered if you guys ever had a moment where you've told someone how great a movie is and get embarrassed when they come back and tell you it sucked. Not that it sucked, but I had I showed old boy to a room full of friends who were completely unsuspecting and afterwards uh actually it's joe who has a mustache uh, one of our patrons it was it was him and he stood up and said you're no longer allowed to pick movies <laughs> <laughs> i wonder why man i wish i could remember what it was but i was like yeah this movie's great and um terminator salvation it is great i'm saying that's my answer to this question yeah i guess terminator salvation yeah for some reason which is hilarious because we're we host a podcast where not that we do things that suck all the time but like there's a lot of movies that we've done that are pretty terrible and for somebody who you know for for yeah for people to like go out and go out of the way not to watch that one but say three is i mean i'm still gonna die on that hill and say three is good and then be like fuck you i'm not watching salvation again well right that's why I keep bringing it up, because I kind of am with you on that one. Yeah, I'm going to add to that, and I've, I've brought this up in, like, social media conversations before. When someone goes out and says, very hyperbolically, X is the worst movie I've ever seen, and it's something that, you know, you've seen, and you're like, I have very mild memories of that, and I remember the experience being very inoffensive. Like, sure. when you have the context of something like Pluto Nash, and then you watch literally anything else anything you watch after pluto nash is gonna be a fucking improvement yeah for sure i guess that's yeah and i don't think that people who say things like i think i think someone say that inception was the worst film they had ever seen i'm like the worst you've ever seen i'm like how many bad movies have you actually seen how many fucking movies have you actually seen that movie's kind of amazing yeah and stuff like that where it's like i think you need to you traverse the bad movie wasteland more to really come out and say this is a fucking awful movie but then you you also have the flip side of that because like you just invoked uh plato nash 
this movie keeps coming up, unfortunately. Uh, but but Rudy Real again, I mentioned him a little bit earlier, a friend of the show. He uh, he likes Pluto Nash, and, and and it makes us all scratch our fucking heads. But I, I guess we can't always agree. Yeah, I mean Rudy's existence makes me scratch my head. But I love him anyway. It's also the, it's also the thing we all too. Love like you, I don't want to sound like some like greater than now asshole when I when I say that a movie sucks. Like I mean that's literally just my opinion. Well, and that that's what it is though, Joe. You just kind of. That's when we do this show, we don't talk about it a lot, but every once in a while it does come up where it's like at the end of the day, like you can disagree with us or agree with us. It is our opinion. Sure. And you're not like an asshole because you don't like it or you do like it. You know what I mean? Like you're allowed to like whatever you like. And if sure, if me saying that something sucks hurts your feelings to the point where you think you feel like you can't watch that anymore, then that's not a me problem. That's a you problem. You know what I'm saying? It's not as bad as like the problem with this one guy being Joe. <laughs> used to be friends with it. He's come up on the show a couple times without uh, naming him. Uh, that uh, he refused to watch, like, Jaws and Planet of the Apes because, like, I guess he knew, like, the, the big twist because they're famous movies. And he was like, duh, that movie sucks. Why? Because I know the ending. <laughs> what? How was that grounds for something sucks? What are you fucking talking about? Like, now that's an asinine argument. Wait, by d- uh, yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. And that's what... I get pissed off about, right? Like, like, give him, give me an actual reason. Right, it's that kind of shit. Like, oh, I didn't like this, 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 and this. Okay, that's fine. I don't agree, but sure. If that flips out to the to the other side too, where if something like they unabashedly like something, no matter what you say, sure, just because. I mean, it, it works that way too, where it's like, well, why do you like it? I don't know. I just do because you don't, or whatever. And it's like, oh, well, that's really fucking. Uh, that's definitely a thing, also for sure. Yeah, I hate both sides. Uh, equally yeah i was uh once forced to listen to a long-winded speech about how the dark knight rises is terrible not because of all the other problems that movie has but because batman and bane's ages are dubious and that makes the movie bad <laughs> what you know who you are you listen to the show <laughs> but i but i guess just to answer their question specifically uh, <sighs> nothing immediately comes to mind i know i've definitely have conversations in the past where i'll talk about how i really like a movie and a family member or a friend has seen it, like, oh, that movie sucks. And I'm like, really? Really? Like, what? What? did you see the same movie as me? Like, I've definitely had those moments for sure. Yeah, I wish I could think of one specifically, but yeah, it's totally happened. It's like right on the tip of my tongue, but I, I'm just not grabbing it. But he continues with, well, one that comes to mind for me was The Howling Five, The Freaks. Uh, I saw it at 10 or 11 years old, which is probably the same age I I saw it. Where well, I think we're about the same age. Um, and love that it had a werewolf and a vampire, and for lack of a more PC term, sideshow freaks. Um, just I just want to comment on the how on that particular movie real quick. It's fine. I remember being psyched too because it was like, oh, fucking vampire versus werewolf. Um. I, I think I think the only thing about that film is that it's just out of all the howlings, like that one's boring, dude. Like it's there's a lot of filler in that, but um, it's a good it, it's a it's a fine time. As me, I mean, as far as one of the sequels to the Howling, it's fine. So he goes, I gathered with some friends to watch it to watch it a few years ago, and as we watched it, I was ashamed that I told them it was good. <laughs> Some movies you got to just keep to yourself, I guess, because man, did they pick it apart and tell me how stupid it was. <laughs> uh, it's okay, and I'm here to tell you that, like, and we're here to tell you, like, if you fucking like something, it's fine, stand up for it, but admit its flaws, right? It's okay if it's bad, you can still like it, but 
I hate when people like try to defend it like, oh, it's good, it's good. No, well, I say this all the time. Why is it good? Uh, <laughs> like they don't have an answer. That's the part that it's like, that's where it gets me. Right, but it, it's just one of those things where it's like, well, it's a low budget, this and that, and it's the it's the fifth fucking movie in a, di- in a franchise that died after the first one, you know, but somehow they just still kept coming out. But, um... Hmm, sounds topical. <laughs> but I think Kevin's even saying, like, you know, he thought this movie was good, and then, like, even as he's watching, he's like, oh, this kind of sucks ass. Like, it's almost like uh, he incepted himself on that one. Yeah, but it's okay. I mean, even if he still liked it and they thought it sucked, that's fine. Fuck him. You know what I mean? You're allowed to, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, sure, sure. And also, don't let your opinion change from crowd pressure or, like, social pressure. Correct. Or something like that. Don't sway hold your ground in that position because like stay true to yourself i guess is what i'm saying yeah no for sure yeah i'll give you a fine example i will sit in a room with these two and 10 of my closest friends and we can put on venom and i'll have a great fucking time and everyone else in that room will hate me because that movie's fucking stupid. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'll crack some beers and then have a good time. But I guess that's what I'm saying about with that too. So uh, sorry, <laughs> so he goes. I he goes. I still like it, but they weren't all that wrong either, which I guess is what we just talked about. Um, sorry to go on for so long. I just wanted to share my feelings about the show and say to keep up the good work. It's definitely one of my two favorite podcasts, along with Bassmasters. <laughs> God damn it. I- <laughs> It's a fishing show. Yeah, I know. I've seen it. I know what it is. (laughs) P.S. Here's a list of films that I think might be worthy of the dumpster review. The Reptile from 1966. Witchboard. Ah, Witchboard. Witchboard, Witchboard, Witchboard. We've talked about Witchboard 2 because we had Amy Dolan's on the show. Not a fan of Witchboard. (laughs) The ending. The ending sucks ass. Witchboard's fine. Not the last five minutes. I like Witchboard. It's witchcraft. Though that those movies, the the, the softcore porns. <laughs> yeah, all eighteen of them. Yeah. <laughs> he goes on with dolls, which I fucking dolls is one of my fucking all time favorite horror uh, fantasy movies, and I probably the best in my opinion. That's Stuart Gordon fucking classic. Uh, popcorn, which is great. Yes. Doctor Giggles is definitely on the motherfucking docket for next year. Ooh. House four. Um. Also probably on the docket for next year. Yes. Man's best friend. I think we. We're talking about doing that. Lance Henriksen, fucking genetic killer dog. Okay. Uh, you just, uh, you, you got me hooked by that alone. Yep. And he's, and then the last two are Carnosaur and the Ice Cream Man. Oh, yeah. Already on the list. I love Carnosaur. A lot of these are on the list, <laughs> so stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah, we got a few other ones from, uh... Other people writing in over the last year that we have in a document, and we're kind of, uh... At the beginning of 2021, we start to kind of go through that and decide what we're going to do for the year. We already have ideas. We already have some stuff kind of uh, figured out. We just got to slot it into place. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's it. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you all for your emails and your and your Patreon questions. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we hope, yes. hope you enjoyed the answers. <laughs> and the rest of the show. I hope you don't just uh, turn it off there. I, maybe you don't want to hear about Mickey uh, Rooney. I don't know, but I kind of do. Oh, I assure you. You fucking do. Well, that's it. Uh, you can you can leave now. There's we're not going to be talking about you know the fifth film in, a, in the Silent Night Deadly Night franchise. Toy Maker. Yeah, we're not going to talk about a fifth film in a franchise that died. <laughs> Without further ado, let's discuss Silent Night Deadly Night Five: Colon the Toy Maker. What a fucking mouthful, by the way. What a fucking movie this is. <laughs>
If you have Silent Night, Deadly Night as your title, you don't need a fucking subtitle. You don't need a subtitle. Two, three, four, five. That's it. You don't need fucking the toy maker, the initiation. My first question before you get into the trivia is officially. I kind of already know the answer to this, but I just need clarification. When did this just go off the rails? <laughs> Wait, the series or the movie? I, I think, what is it, three, really? Or was it was it never on the rails? Three's the one where it gets a little wacky it's like the part seven of the night silent night daily night series okay it's weird um we're gonna get into it but i think that's where it 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 kind of officially stopped too especially like that's where the original story thread stops got you two is barely worth watching because two is like two is an actual it's like it's stealing your time basically like it is an actual waste if you've never seen it watch it Otherwise, just go look up the fucking Garbage Day clip. Go look up Garbage Day. Yeah. And and that's it. That's all you need. (laughs) Why did he shoot that guy, by the way? He wasn't doing anything naughty. Garbage Day, man. I don't know. He's putting the garbage out. Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is notorious for reusing a sizable percentage of footage in the first movie. Sure. And then they just kind of filmed around that. It's really bad. Was that just a hardcore cash grab? Uh, I guess so. I don't really know the whole story on Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, to be fair. I think I've seen it twice in my... I own it, but I've seen it twice in my whole life. I, I drank an entire bottle of wine, and I watched it. <laughs> and I just cursed at the movie the whole time because like, this is the fucking first one. Um, and then the second time I watched it, uh, I was I wasn't even really paying attention because we watched it. We watched the uh, we used to marathon them at my buddy Chris Barr's house. We used to go over there and for like during Christmas season, and we, and we just marathon them and hang out and like drink beers and stuff. Um, it, it, I mean, it's totally skippable for sure. The third one is actually great, and like Bill Mosley's in it as Ricky, as the brother. Huh? Oh shit, Ricky. They like that name. Well, okay. So the original, the original Silent Night, Deadly Night comes out, and it's like it, you know, it's one of the biggest video nasties, one of the most infamous video nasties, right? Somebody really famous, to, like famously hated it. This 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 actor that was in a lot of movies. I think he dated uh 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 um Judy Garland or something. Judy Garland, yeah, I think he married Judy Garland. What was his name? I don't know. He was like Santa Claus in that Baskin and Ra- in the, in that like Fred Astaire Santa Claus movie. Yeah, the Rankin and Bass classic. Uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah, Mickey Rooney, I believe his name was. Oh, oh, Chris Kringle. Yes. Yeah. He uh, <laughs> he hated the first one. He said it was like ruining God or some shit. Ruining Christmas. He said that's like one of the most hateful things that anybody could do is make a killer Santa movie. And here he is cashing a fucking paycheck in the fifth installment. Yeah. yeah. That's also like the least of that movie's controversies. Like I think that movie's kind of smutty and trashy in some areas. Oh, I love it. it. That's what it is. It's very, it's an exploitation film. It is hyper effective in that department though because it is gross and it's super dark and takes itself super seriously. And there isn't a, like the movie doesn't have a nice bone in it it is just all mean-spirited shit naughty yeah um it's great uh i watch it every year for for christmas i love it it's a great flick it's a it's a classic it's a classic uh it's you know slasher gore fest you know and especially the uncut version if you've never seen the uncut version watch it i think that's the only thing that's available now but for a while it wasn't right like at the video store and shit there was cut versions and uncut versions but uh you know when i was a kid but you can get that shit from shout now and it's fully uncut restored what have you and then two is just you know the garbage day thing you know it's one of those ironic things like oh it's funny because it sucks because it's garbage day because it's so fucking ridiculous uh 
it, it, it's not like Nightmare on Elm Street 2, right, that had found its audience later, and everybody's like, 2 sucks, but it's actually really good. No, 2 really sucks. It's not... Yeah, t- 2 is, like, I think people like to put it in the same category as, like, Troll 2, but it's not in the same league. Troll 2 is better than Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Yeah, it's not in the same league as, like, just cosmically bad and weird, and Troll 2 is also hilarious. Troll 2 is also not, like, a terrible movie, either. It really isn't. Yeah, well, it's also like, I feel like if you make any movie and most of your movie is just reusing footage, you know, from anywhere else, like, you lose so many credibility points, it's not even funny. Like, I don't respect your art at that point. C- Cruel Jaws, you mean? Yeah, yeah, or um, or Space Mutiny, like uh, on the <laughs> Instagram page. That list entire sequence is from, ba- from Bowser Galactica, <laughs> shamelessly. I love, I love the idea that Cruel Jaws, I mean, Tony just did a video on it, but I'm... I had talked about it on uh, Monsters Never Die podcast with uh, Matt Curione, our buddy Matt Curione. And I just think it's so ridiculous that, like, you have an Italian director who rips off another Italian Jaws ripoff and, like, takes the footage from that and puts it in his <laughs> Jaws ripoff. I just thought that was hilarious. I always think that's hilarious. But, yeah, so one one and two are the linear, is the most linear of the story, right? So you have the first one, Billy, you know, sees his parents get killed by this crazy Santa Claus guy. Uh, or, uh, you know, he's like a, he's like a criminal. He's like a a rapist murderer he's a mugger and uh you know the kid's fucked up goes to an orphanage and um grows up all fucked up and he's triggered by santa claus and christmas and stuff because his uh family died so that coupled with a very abusive um mother superior in the catholic uh orphanage school break this kid and then he grows up to be a man and then is asked to be dressed up is asked to dress up like santa claus at a toy store and then goes fucking berserk uh it's a great flick the second one follows his little brother. So Billy's gunned down in the first one, spoilers. Um, and then his little brother also becomes psychotic because he sees his brother dressed like Santa and then shot. And now he's fucked up and now he's a killer or whatever. But he's seen like a psychiatrist through some of the movie. And it's recounting the first film. That's why there's so much of it, uh, of that first film. I'm almost positive. I've only seen it a couple times, but I'm almost positive. Yeah, you're right. Because I had looked it up while I was getting ready for this episode and that's exactly what it is yeah and then like the last what 30 minutes 20-30 minutes is him like going fucking postal he goes on a cartoon rampage in broad daylight making goofy faces yeah and and I'm just gonna say this uh I haven't seen this movie um but I I don't really think you know I get why uh this movie sounds like it like it's shit because of all the filler but I've watched a lot and and when I say a lot, I mean a lot of anime with fucking way more filler. So I don't know <laughs> well, if a ninety minute movie with a little filler is that big of a deal. If you lived as a if you lived as a Dragon Ball Z fan as a kid, you understand. Yeah. If if you've seen all five hundred episodes of Naruto, you know what I'm talking about. Sure, but you don't want to pay the fuck you know, pay to watch a movie that's essentially the first movie. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm just, I was trying to find a, I was trying to figure a joke out for that, and that's where I, where it led me. <laughs> and then we go to three with Bill Mosley. Yeah, Bill Mosley. Okay, so Ricky, I guess, survives. Ricky's got a weird history in this franchise because it's, this is some John Hurt ass shit happening here, okay? Because I believe Bill Mosley in the third movie is Ricky from the second film. Now, Bill Mosley has this crazy, like, dome thing on his head where you can see his brain because he's in, like, this fucking psychiatric experimental ward or some shit uh, and breaks out on Christmas Eve uh, to go on a killing rampage and stalks this clairvoyant woman. That's why I mentioned it's, like, part seven of the Silent Night Daily Night franchise. 
kind of. It's good. It, it's a it's a it's a fun time. Like it's fine. Um, and then that kind of wraps up that story. That story, right? The Billy and Ricky story. But then fucking Brian Yuzna comes along, and he's like, "Nice toys. Can I play with them?" I love Brian Yuzna, dude. Reanimator, The Giver, Society. I mean, he's given us some of the best uh, horror flicks and produced some of the best horror flicks um, of all time. He has produced some of the more, I guess, like some of the only notable Lovecraft adaptations on film. Yeah, iconic B movies. You know what I mean? Do you know what you you saying Lovecraft specifically? I always I tend to forget. And I'm probably in the minority in this that that uh, Reanimator is like basically based on that Lovecraft story. But you're right because that kind of makes sense for four now uh, that Joe's about to talk about. Because four has some like, in my opinion, some serious Lovecraft themes. I mean, you just you just watched it, so I'm gonna let you take that one. But I will say that um, the only thing I remember from because I haven't seen it in fucking God knows how long. I didn't even remember that Clint Howard was in it, but I remember a giant fucking bug getting shoved into some woman's vagina and then a cockroach coming out and that is worth price of admission for me yep i'll say this <laughs> it's worth watching <laughs> yeah clint howard's like a bum but he but it's like a cult movie so you know it's kind of like rosemary's baby a little bit it's like a witch coven yes but they worship like uh what is it? it's not lilith but it's uh I literally just watched it and I forgot. But it's like some female god or 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 demon of some kind. Yeah, it's like a feminist uh, witch coven, right, or something like that. Yeah. Yes, yes. And uh, the 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 main witch basically looks like Melania. <laughs> <laughs> and this reporter, she's like low on the totem pole, and she's trying to make a name for herself at this magazine. So she takes this case where this woman was on fire and jumped off a roof. And as the movie goes on, she starts to become friendly with, like, the people that, like, knew the woman, but they're really, like, just members of this cult, and they basically start, like, feeding her shit. Then she doesn't realize, like, it's fucking her up, like Rosemary's Baby, mm. and then she eventually gets, like, super fucked up. And they, they essentially, like, do all these rituals to her while she's knocked out. Sure. And they, they fucking Clint Howard puts on a fucking mask with this long Pinocchio nose and fucks her. Oh, man, he goes full Alex DeLarge. Ah, the seeds. Yeah, quite literally. Oh, my God, no wonder... And Clint Howard's running around, like, trying to capture. He's like, come on, you gotta come with me. They said you gotta come with me. It's called Bug in the UK, so uh, it, it makes sense that Clint Howard's full of ticks, and he pumped this woman full of ticks, and she's got this giant bug inside of her. Well, she keeps seeing bugs all over the place once they start drugging her. And uh, there's, she keeps seeing a giant cockroach in her fucking apartment. It's like some naked lunch shit, dude. Ah, uh, centipedes coming out of a fucking, like, pipe or something that Clint's, like, carrying around, like, 30 of them or some shit. It's weird. It's fucking weird. I gotta fire that shit up again. I haven't seen that one in a while. This shit, it's, it sounds more like Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal. Like. But it ends with Clint dying. I mean, I'm not gonna spoil the whole movie here. That that, that Those are some of the big bullet points already. But uh, he dies, he gets stabbed. And these, these like, centipede worm uh, creatures that are supposed to, like, go inside the, the woman, I, I guess, to create some kind of... I don't know if it's supposed to create, like, an Antichrist type thing, or it's... You know, they keep saying, oh, it's going to expel all your, your fear. It's going to expel your fear, because I guess that's, like, part of their cult. And uh, But they're like that thing that, that Neo gets pulled out of them in the Matrix. Sure. And they're all chowing down on, on Clint, and he's succumbing to his fucking wound. <laughs> Uh, so I said, I, I said, I remember a giant bug and you know what? I don't want to piss off Tony because the last time I said giant 
anything. Like I said, giant rat. He was very disappointed because it was it wasn't a giant rat. It was just a larger than average rat. So I'm gonna say no. This was a giant cockroach, straight up. So instead of a giant larva, I'm gonna say a, a much larger than average larva and and cockroach. A, a larger than than average Larry the larva. <laughs> Okay. Possibly. You guys have no idea how relevant this is going to be when we get to when we eventually get to pulse. <laughs> I know. But but that's the gist of the movie more or less without getting into every little beat. Right. So 4 so 4 is essentially uh you know Brian Yuzna's Halloween 3, right? That's where we're going with this. <laughs> yeah, with with Rosemary's baby peppered in. Well, right. Well, what I'm saying is like in name only. Oh, right. Yeah, the, the, the deviation. Yeah, the Silent Night Daily Night franchise. It's a it's it's a it takes place on Christmas Eve or whatever, but it's a completely different story. It's a Christmas movie because there's a Christmas tree and it's taking place during Christmas, but there's no other indication that there's Christmas. Much like this movie we're about to talk about. Sure. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like th- that's. Like the Halloween franchise, that's what I was getting at. But here's the thing with this. So Clint Howard in part four, in Initiation, Silent Night, Daily Night 4, uh, a.k.a. Bug, um, his name is Ricky as well. Yes. What the fuck? But it's not the same Ricky from, you know, the brother of Billy from 1 and 2 and 3. What a weird through line. We're just going to always have a character named Ricky. He comes back. In the fifth film, this film, he's Clint Howard showing up later, and his fucking name is Ricky in this movie, too. Yeah. That's why I said before, John Hurt's plucking him and just sticking him wherever he fucking wants. If there was any if there was any indication that Clint Howard isn't part of the MDU, this solidifies it with this fucking series. I think I know what happened, honestly. What happened? We have our main Clint. We have, like, the main one, that, that he's got that, uh... That ability with the ticks, and he can transform into whatever version of himself at a moment's notice. Right, yeah. However, we talked about it in the last episode. We got that uh, March of the Wooden Clints. Somehow, someway, when, you know, when Hurt came in and he grabbed Barnaby, he, he grabbed those wooden soldiers, and he modified them to these Clints. You know, they got the button on the back, the head spins. <laughs> okay, I see where you're going. Well, he sent them all out throughout the MDU, and that's that's how they came to be. Oh, my God. Now it makes even more sense, because he's now he's a Christmas present in a Christmas-themed horror series. <laughs> And he just keeps coming back. There we go. You did it. Exactly. You you completed the circle. Clint Howard has an army of time remnants, just like the reverse <laughs> flash. So it all it's all connected. It rhymes. It's like poetry. Okay. Yeah. So I don't have too much uh, other um, trivia, if you will. Um, this so part five, the you know Talent and Dylan A five, the toy maker, concludes the original series, and then in two thousand twelve, we get a semi remake. Uh, called Silent Night, which is bleh. Yeah, it, I I I remember hearing that it wasn't terrible. Like it's actually pretty decent, but it has nothing to do with the original film. It's just like kind of one of those in name onlys or cash in what have yous. Who could give a shit? I don't know. I'm, I I never saw it, so I, I I need to see it to have an opinion. You know what I mean? Um, but I heard it was decent. The only other thing is the special effects in this film are done by Screaming Mad George. He did Four's effects also. Oh, that explains. So much. Uh, the effects are good in this one, but I, I mean, we're definitely on a budget for sure. We had to give uh, Mickey Rooney so much money, we had to, you know, cut corners somewhere. <laughs> Which is weird, considering he showed up in his pajamas and just refused to change for most of the film. <laughs> 
there's definitely some cooler shit in four, uh, but there's some cool stuff in this. F- f- definitely, I-, I mean, it's not George's best work, but um, it's totally fine. And that's and that's pretty much it. So I, I guess without further ado, um, <laughs> Connor, take that stage and block crunch this shit. So I know you've been led up with the idea that this is supposed to be a Christmas movie. A Christmas movie. Well, guess fucking what? It's a weird ass soap opera <laughs> that's got like. Several very soapy reveals. Character motivations aren't revealed to the final 20 minutes. And it's also just Pinocchio. <laughs> it's just Pinocchio. Okay? That's all it is. It's fucking Pinocchio with some batshit insanity shoveled in between all the breaks. Days of our lives with Pinocchio and murders? Yes. And murder and killer toys. It's demonic toys. Um, It's a little bit of batteries not included. It's days of our lives and it's uh Pinocchio. This is not any more MDU Pinocchio than it could be because... We have, it's Pinocchio in a world where Pinocchio exists because at one point somebody's reading the book to somebody. Yeah. This is like some hook shit right now. (laughs) It's super bizarre. It's very much like uh, 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 Dr. Frankenstein uh, being a real person that you can meet and Mary Shelley living down the road. Let me tell you something. This is Pinocchio Unbound. (laughs) This is what it is. It kind of is. It really is. This movie is about uh, a little boy named Derek who... By the way, is my favorite kid in the MDU so far, who witnesses his dad die on Christmas? Well, around Christmas, yeah. Yeah, he is attacked by a toy that is dropped off in his front porch. Uh, traumatized after this, he stops speaking altogether, and his mom kind of picks up pieces, and uh, all while this is going on, there are uh, several red herrings set up to figure out who is creating these murderous toys, and you meet uh, Jay J- Petto, Joe Petto. <laughs> Played by Mickey Rooney in this, like, drunken, like, angry, burnt hobbit performance. (laughs) His hair is, he has, like, no hair on the top of his head, but the little bit of hair he does have is always standing up straight. Always standing up. He looks like he just rolled out of fucking bed. I wish he was my grandpa. Well. Yeah, a very near discipliner knockoff whose name I didn't know until the near end of the movie. Uh, excuse me. Do not ruin the MDU by not just calling him the discipliner, Connor. Don't you know how this works? <laughs> well, uh, hang on. I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't called the name for him yet. He's the discipliner. It's the fucking discipliner. Straight up. The misdemeanor. The discipliner's dead, first of all, okay? Connor, have you been on this fucking show for three and a half years? Nobody's ever dead. We don't know the timeline on this. This could have been the family he had before he was murdered by Terry O'Quinn. We don't know. It's true. <laughs> we don't know. But he also was in he was in a war, so could like he be like the Punisher's Bucky? I mean, I'm just telling you right now, you can you can call him whatever you want, but this entire fucking episode he's getting called the discipliner by me. The discipliner. No, that's fine. Discipliner too. I'm kind of okay with it because that opens the door for more uh, Frank Castle impressions. That's what we're talking about earlier in this episode. So uh, J- Joe Petto has a son named Pino. Pino Grigio. Pino, yeah, who he pried from a cabinet that he purchased from Dr. Caligari. Because <laughs> <laughs> this kid is wide-eyed and creepy um, and clearly looks like a fucking automaton. Oh, my God. And all of this, uh, all of this bullshit I just told you about doesn't have any solid narrative connections to the last 15 minutes of the fucking movie. And even then, I'm still, I got a lot of questions. That we're gonna get to, <laughs> but like the movie thinks it does, like like thread it perfectly. Yeah, no, you know what I mean. Like the movie thinks it did it. By the end of it, I slumped back into my chair, going like, you know what? Do what you want. I don't give a shit anymore. Uh, th- there's just like 
big pieces that are missing of the narrative and I'm like wait a second like why why couldn't we just sew this up neatly like what like I don't get why this is here or not here or lack thereof you know Yuzna he he wrote it in a fucking weekend and he got paid that's it done <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. He fuck. He fucking opened that dre- that uh, desk drawer and was like, "Ah, right, here's where I keep all the 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 other shit ideas I got. Let me fish it out of the hell. Oh, here you go. Silent Night, Deadly Night Five. Here you go. Changed a few words, renamed a few characters. Done. Had this crazy Pinocchio story. Had a stand-up costume in there somewhere. Done. It's a Christmas movie. I saw a movie with Jonathan Taylor Thomas once. <laughs> You think this is where uh, uh, James Wan got the idea for Dead Silence, you think? Maybe? Uh, you know, I thought about it like halfway through it. I was like, what is this Dead Silence bullshit going on in this movie? Anyway, we're spoiling everything without even talking about it, but... Oh, trust me, we, we have not we have not yet begun to, to un, unspool this fucking yarn. So the movie opens at nighttime. Best time of day to start a movie. Christmas decorations abound. Yeah, we like like Connor was saying, we don't know really what time of year it is. We find out later that it's it's probably got to be the beginning of December when this is happening because a couple weeks pass. They cleverly t- have it take place in California, so you can't tell. <laughs> Where's all the snow? Five people are like, yeah, California Christmas, gotta love it. It's so warm. But little Derek, he wakes up to the sounds of, uh, he thinks, uh, I don't know what he thinks, his mother being hurt or something. I don't know. But this kid, this is the first of many times that he has to watch people fuck. <laughs> this kid's going for a record. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything. But uh, this movie finally took the throne from Zack Snyder for having produced the most awkward sex scene of all time. <laughs> it sure does. Oh my goodness. Even even took out the runestone. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Yeah. Um, just real quick, this little boy Derek is played by William Thorne. Do e- do either of you know who this is? No. No. Uh, so you guys were talking about this. He, or Connor just said he joins the MDU. He already did. This is the little soldier boy from Demonic Toys, fellas. Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? Now that you're saying it, I literally am picturing it. You're right. Oh, my God. It's the little soldier. So uh, he's back. I love this kid, first of all. Judith has the fucking has the baby. And he grows up to, to be little Derek, and then she gives it away to this fucking idiot. And this is his life now. Instead of being like a, 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 a supernatural soldier kid that, that beat a demon, he, he's condemned to watch his dad question mark die via yeah. hands of a, a killer toy. By via other killer toys? Like, what kind of fucking awful purgatory is that shit? Yeah, that's a good point. Again, the MDU is a real thing. It's, it's, it's like the force, you know? It's living, breathing. It's all around us. It's circular. Yeah, it's all connected. He he watches his parents fuck, and, and like, they really hold on this for a minute. Also, he is very visibly just standing in the doorframe. I mean, they're really getting into it. It's hot and heavy, Connor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's also, like, like the light, like, every light in the house is on, and, like, a 7,000-watt light bulb. Like, everything is visible. He kind of goes, like, Ugh, and then, like, after staring for an uncomfortable amount of time, closes the door very loudly, no reaction. He does his infamous squint. That That's all he does throughout <laughs> this whole film. He's either slack-jawed or has this squint face that he does, like, huh? Like, he just smelled like funky cheese or something. He has a masterful expression for what is about to happen to him for the rest of the movie. So he answers the door because, you know, the doorbell's going off, even though it's like midnight. This is the first time this kid opens this door, and he does it again and doesn't look who the fuck it is outside. He just opens it. Right. And uh, there's a gift there to Derek. Do not open till Christmas. Now we know what happened last time that uh, somebody got a box in their house that said do not open before Christmas. There was an Ollie in there. (laughs) You can go to bed now. Good night, Ollie. And then Derek took this box and he threw it into a junkyard and it stayed there for 66 years. (laughs) 
yeeted this Christmas present into a fucking construction site? He just turned around and just like, just Luke Skywalker back into the street. Not today, Satan. If only he did, uh, question mark, dad would still be alive. <laughs> well, this is true, yeah. Because uh, he comes in, the, uh, the dad comes in, he's like, hey, what did I say about opening the door when nobody's here? He's like, oh, what the hell do you got there? And he's, like, got a half-open gift because he rushes to open it. Yeah, Dad, looking like an emaciated Craig T. Nelson, <laughs> oh, no. runs in, picks this kid up by the arms. This dad is, like, six and a half feet tall. Picks this kid up by the shoulders all the way up in the fucking air and just starts screaming in his face. He's like, God damn it, Derek. Yeah, he's like Craig T. Nelson ate Joe Dante. Yeah, that's what he looks like. Yeah, he's like... He's like, you stupid fucking bastard, get upstairs, whatever. Yeah, get back upstairs so I can finish fucking your mother. <laughs> and I'm gonna have you watch Elliot Carlisle special. Oh, God. And yeah, he fucking yells this kid, like, it's more, I'm in the next kid's shoes, and I'm like, what? Stop yelling at me. God, it's like four in the morning. So this asshole opens up this present, and it's like this ball. Like, you know those, like, it's like, like those old... Old tobacco looks like a pokeball yeah it looks like those old tobacco canisters or like something you'd get a bunch of fucking chocolates in for uh sure uh you know christmas or something anyway there's a little button on the top when you press it the santa head pops out and it plays a song and then the head turns around and then has like sharp teeth with like electricity coming out of its mouth let me rephrase this um he presses the button and the tall man's head comes out and it plays the phantasm theme joe play the phantasm theme Good, excellent, thanks. Um, the fucking, uh, the, the daggers come in, the, the fucking knives come out of the ball with the fucking screw. Exactly. I fucking wish that happened. No, instead it just grows, uh, coils or something. Stretchy arms and legs. And, like, wraps itself around this guy's face. Now, you'd think it's, like, suffocating him or something, right? Right. But not really, because this guy kind of kills himself. Uh, thank you, because <laughs> about 45 minutes this movie goes by. And exactly one person. Actually, you know what? Nope. Well, okay, no. Second person's definitely killed by a toy, but then he's overkilled by something else. Yeah. This guy could have definitely died had there not been a toy in the equation. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they get, Every time that one of these toys is activated, they show, like, this electricity charging through it. So yeah. may, uh, maybe I'm reading too much into this. I was under the impression, at least at first... Uh, that maybe they had some kind of, like, uh, taser effect to it, and the way that it was positioned, it was almost as if, like, it was, not literally, but it looked like it was, like, biting his mouth or some kind of, uh, something to that effect, but when, 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 uh, he, he, it's mentioned later how he passed, uh, they don't mention any other injuries, so I guess not. No, I thought it was gonna shock the shit out of him, but it just doesn't. I mean, his, his, his single injury is, uh, very apparent. Yeah. He gets, this thing wraps around his face, he, like, hits his head on the fucking mantle, pe- the, the mantle, the fireplace mantle, and then, like, knocks the fucking, like, fireplace, uh, uh, tools over, like, the poker and the shovel and shit. Right. And then <laughs> falls on top of the fireplace poker, and it goes right through his fucking eye. Yeah, th- what they don't show you is that, like, so he's, like, loafing around in slow motion, and he's, like, Bruh! he's getting phantasmed by this fucking red Christmas ball, and then, like, he goes to grab the fire pokers. Yeah, what was he gonna do? I don't even know, like, my first thought was, like, oh, okay, you're gonna smack it off your face, cool, whatever. Uh, and then he somehow fumbles that so horribly that the sharpest fire poker is now seesawed up into the air facing directly at him so if he were to you know say fall on it it would be fatal and that's what happens sure does and derek sees the whole thing uh also the uh the gore in this movie it was very unexpected (laughs) this guy falls in this fucking you don't see it go through but there is a 
great shot of him on the floor, this thing through his head, and it is gnarly. Oh, yeah. And uh, Mom comes in with a robe on, and she goes, ah, Tom, where the hell did you go? Come on, I was waiting for you. I'm already getting dry. Oh! And and then she sees, oh, my God! She starts screaming. She looked at a picture of Ben Shapiro. <laughs> This kid, this kid gets a double whammy, man. Sees his parents fucking and his dad die in the same night. In the matter of minutes. Less than five minutes apart. I really thought she was going to come downstairs and be like, Derek, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> Derek, why'd you open that fucking door? I told you not to. Why'd you open that door and then murder your father with a fire poker by positioning on the floor directly like it's a spike? I thought this was going to be a flashback, is what I thought. I mean, it might as well be, because we we go to the next scene and it's already like two weeks later, but uh, before we do that... No, he's still the same age. I thought he was going to be like old. I thought it was going to cut to like older. Oh, 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 like a big, fl- I get what you're saying, like 20 years later or something like that. Mm-hmm. That might have been interesting. Um, but when mom runs out, before we get that uh, cut ahead two weeks, um, you know, she doesn't see the Santa thing. It rolls away. Uh, so they just think, oh, shit, he banged his head and he fell in the fire poker and he died. It was an, a, a bad accident. And uh, like we were talking about earlier, Derek hasn't talked since. And that's kind of like why he, you know, no one knows what happened because he can't talk. He's he's mortified. He's shocked over the whole situation. Right. And to be fair, they probably won't believe him anyway. A Pokeball attacked my father and then he fell in a spike. And then he's dead or whatever. And then a man with a, uh, a remote control car and some alcohol <laughs> drove his truck away outside. <laughs> I don't know where he went. Don't worry. I got it. A present for you, kiddo. Hey, it's all right, kid. I'm just gonna, you know, uh, maybe the toy wasn't, uh, it was bad timing. I'm sorry about the toy. I'm really bad at everything I do. <laughs> uh, his mother is, her name is Sarah, and she's played by Jane Higgins, by the way. Uh, she played Annie in Slaughterhouse. If y'all have seen that, it's a good one. Uh, I was Jane, I was Higginson, I believe. Jane Higginson. And, uh, yeah, so she's, she's flipping out. Don't really blame her at all. And then we get that flash forward two weeks. And, uh, you know, mom's waking up in bed and Derek is in bed next to her, and this is like a new uh, normal for them. Well, his fucking dad just died. Sure. Right? And this kid is like, what, eight? Tops. Oh, he's got to be like six? This kid is eight, and he carries this trauma around by, as Joe said before, like either being slack jawed or squinting, but the way he looks around when he's like slack jawed is like. This is a kid who is like, like, he might as well be Bruce Wayne watching his parents get shot. Like, every ounce of light has been assassinated from this kid's face. I don't know how, where he got this, like, like where he's pulling this from as a child actor, but, like, he looks not just devastated, but, like, absolutely fucking finished with the world. <laughs> like, he's done. He doesn't have any time for it. I would be, too. And then there's, like, a, sh- there's like a shot, like... They took this fucking toy and they put it on a shelf in his room. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck is it doing there? Like, why wouldn't you throw it away? Like, if I was, like, the kid or whatever. Well, you know, it's too high up on the shelf. He can't reach it. I guess. Also, would it be covered in, like, brain matter or blood spatter or something? I guess not. It's not like it had a buzzsaw in it. It was like... Well, not that one. <laughs> no, I'm saying it was just nearby. And, like, if you if you fall on a fire poker with enough force to, for it to go through your head... Ah, uh, you know, it rolled out back. Pino was back there with a clean. Phoenix, you know, waiting to clean it up. <laughs> but but we cut to outside. There he is with the binoculars down the street in his fucking discipliner gear. Oh, yeah, man. He's got a nicer car this time, though. He's looking for Terry. Have you seen this man? <laughs> He's looking for Terry. He's looking for uh, Derek. He's uh, watching the neighborhood. I'm watching the single mom. He is, uh, he is the first of three people this movie tries to convince you as a villain yes. oh yeah and they at some point they all share a scene together where the movie is like 
and like doing the fucking the tension music i mean well i think it's well done in that sense because it's like why the fuck is this weird dude just watching their house sure but i could deal without the fucking red herrings in the second act like all right sure um but we go back inside a little a little later in the day now and uh derek he's uh enjoying himself some cartoons a little rambo yeah he's watching a rambo cartoon completely slack jawed just like staring into space yeah like oh more more carnal violence. <laughs> Mom brings in some fucking lunch or whatever. She's like, I separated everything because I know you don't like any of your food. Touch it. Here you go, you little shit. And he just like squishes the eggs. And she's like, what the fuck? What the fuck's wrong with you? Rubber eggs. Her reaction's very justified, okay? Because she, she's like, here's this food I just cooked for you, squish. Fuck you. Well, dad just died. Yeah. <laughs> she does slap his hand and then she's like, oh God, I can't believe I just did that. I'm sorry. I get it. I understand. Do whatever you want. I, I, I You're dealing with. It. I couldn't help but think of the kid from uh, the Babadook. Oh, yeah, 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 screaming. Oh, sure. Why aren't you normal? When he's in the back seat and mom's like, mom's like, what's wrong with you? And he's just screaming. <laughs> I think we're introduced to Kim here, the next door neighbor or whatever. And her, well, excuse me, according to Wikipedia, I don't think this is ever mentioned in the movie, her adopted son, Lonnie. I guess who could fucking care? Lonnie looks like a dime store version of uh, uh, Sebastian from uh, Neverending Story. <laughs> Bastion, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I watched the Rambo cartoon, too. It's pretty good. Yeah, whatever. Are you going to eat those eggs, kid, or what? I didn't just, uh, you squished them. I don't think I want them anymore. <laughs> I, I love hand eggs. Yeah, well, you know, since he's not talking, he won't tell him. so Lonnie just starts eating them, and there's, like, boogers and shit all in there. I wipe my ass with that hand. <laughs> I stuck it in my, I stuck it down my pants and then stuck it in a bag of pretzels. <laughs> and I shook Stan Lee's hand. Uh, so Kim's like, oh, what, what's wrong with him? Is he still all fucked up about his dad? She's like, yeah. He's like, ah, he should get over it. It was two weeks ago. What do you think? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Is he all fucked up from watching his dad fall and spray brain matter all over the floor with a metal object? Uh, uh, the fucking adults in this movie are just like, yeah, I wish he would just get over this shit already. He's still fucking <laughs> quiet. He's still not God. talking. What's wrong with him? God, Derek, be a fucking adult already, all right? I mean, I think mom's doing the best she can, but everybody else, yeah. Uh, mom, <laughs> we'll talk about mom when we when that comes up but uh she's like yeah i don't know what's wrong i i, I mean I, even though he saw his father get murdered um i don't know what's wrong with him uh so i guess i'll buy him a toy that should make him feel better <laughs> that'll make him shut up oh wait with that being said like a commercial comes on for with the santa toy on it yeah that killed his dad and he like spaces out to this like the fucking good guy commercial in child's play three <laughs> and then his face turns into bugs and he dies yeah <laughs> merry christmas now you're dead it's all connected okay so this pisses me off because we this never comes up again it's not even a fucking commercial for joe pettos it's just a commercial well no yeah it is is it 100 percent a joe petto commercial come on down to joe Petto's Toyland. Oh, okay, because she's like, I might go down to Joe Petto's. I didn't know that the commercial was Joe Petto as well. Yeah, they were just, they, she happened to be talking about it to Kim, and the commercial, it was happenstance they were on at the same time. Yeah. Why did they do it that way? Why didn't they just have him see the fucking Santa in the fucking shop? I, uh, you know, I blame Yuzna. Anyway. Anyone else get weird vibes whenever the name Petto <laughs> is said out loud on screen? I know. I know they're going for Joe Petto, but, I, you know. Geppetto. Geopetto. Ah, Mr. Petto. I don't know about that one. The problem is internet slang has ruined the phrase Petto because it's you're definitely referring to, you know, pedophile or pedo bear. The problem is when you say it, you're, you're not saying it with two T's. Exactly. You're saying it with two D's. You're not saying Petto. You're saying pedo. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Hello, Joe Petto. <laughs>
Why don't you meet Joe Petto? Pronounce my name correctly or I'll punch you in the face. <laughs> ah, Mickey Rooney, give me the fucking Jack Daniels. I'm Mickey Rooney. I'm going to beat the fuck out of a 13-year-old in about 40 minutes. Let me just down this glass of Jack Daniels before I get back to you. It's 1991. I look like I'm almost dead. And somehow, I managed to make it all the way to Night at Museum with Dick Van Dyke. I used to fuck Judy Garland. I'm going to murder Elijah. Cupcake. So yeah, Mickey Rooney. He has his toy shop. <laughs> you better not pout. I played Santa one time. Yeah, yeah. Just maybe he might have and he might again. We don't know yet. Hey, full disclosure, I love Santa Claus is Coming to Town and uh, my fiance hates it. Oh, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's great. It's uh, Santa Origins. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's Mickey Rooney Origins, apparently. If you sit on my lap today, Mickey Rooney will kill you, yay. Yeah, so Mickey Rooney plays uh, Joe Petto and he... Like, comes barreling out of the back office of this toy store with his hair, like, balloon staticked all the way up into the air. This fucking, this, this button-down shirt that's got, like, the two top buttons undone and, like, what might as well be a fucking bathrobe. And looking like he just got done with, a like, a two-week drinking bender. Uh, he never stopped! He looks like a troll doll. He's on a 20-year drinking bender! <laughs> he looks like toasted garbage and he does nothing to fix his appearance. I fucking love him so much because he's given he's given it a hundred and ten percent in this film. Oh, he is a hundred. Yeah, you're right. He really is giving it his all. And the whole reason he comes barreling out of the back room is because his son Pino, uh, you know, jumps out and scares Sarah and Derek. What a weird thing. Pino, it like okay. This is also where like once I heard Joe Petto, I was like, that's odd. But then Pino comes out, and I just went. <laughs> Technically, his name's Pino Petto. Pino, oh god, Pino Petto, not Pino Noki. Pinoki. Pinocchio Petto. Pinocchio. That sounds like a fucking Japanese uh, toy store. Um, Brian Bremer, by the way, playing Pino. He's the uh, he's the kid from um, Pumpkinhead. Bunt, who shows Ed Harley where uh, the uh, Haggis lives, and then he comes back in the uh, sequel they just put out. Uh, what a couple years ago. I think so. Ashes the ashes. Uh, he's great. I really love him i he's my favorite performance in this movie outside of Derek, uh because he is like he's got this unblink like he never blinks first of all no and he's got these big giant wide like baggy eyes that just like are these weird like almost oval shaped they're gigantic and he walks around like he never like he he's always very straight shouldered and walks around like a fucking a robot or a puppet and it's it's awesome looking yeah like considering the material like he's He's giving it all he's got to. Like, him and Mickey Rooney are the best parts of this movie. So Rooney Rooney is acting far harder than anyone would ever ask him. Yeah. And uh, the guy playing Pino is, like, he's taking this, like, really, abs- like, this ridiculous idea and kind of elevating it with a really solid performance for this for this insanity. I want him in my Lovecraft movie. I totally agree on both of those uh, points there. But I'm just going to add a, a little note to Rooney's uh, performance. He's giving it his all, but it's batshit insane. Oh, yeah. He is a pants-shitting crazy grandpa the whole fucking movie. He never once comes off as a, a normal-looking man. No, because he's supposed to be like an alcoholic fucking guy who's lost everything. Right, a washed-up toy maker. Every time he unloads on spoiler, I'm like, this is really funny, but it really shouldn't be because it feels too fucking real. <laughs> it's fucking great, though. 
Oh my god, my jaw was like, I was, my mouth was open, like, when that scene's happened. We'll get to it. Because he's like, he's like, come here, kid, I'm gonna fuck you up for real. <laughs> he's like, yeah, you shut him up, we'll get to it. <laughs> so, you know, he he's trying to make Derek feel better. He's asking him, like, yeah, I'll show you some toys. Come with me. And while that's going on, you see the discipliner walk in, and he's trying to be real sly, go in the back of the room, and the only one that notices him come in is Derek. <laughs> no one will see me. <laughs> I'll hide behind some toys. We get this bad comedy with Mickey Rooney. He's like, ah, look at this dog. He's like, you pull the tail and the tongue comes out. <laughs> he's got his tongue hanging out and shit. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> Ah, and then Pino, Pino's like wearing, yeah, when he scares them before, he's like wearing a, a a mask, like a special effect, you know, like a sculpted mask. Like a toxic Avenger mask. He stole that from Tommy Jarvis, okay? Yeah, exactly. He's fucking Tommy Jarvis in the basement where he's kept or where he lives or whatever. <laughs> in the basement of the basement? Yeah, the basement of the basement of the store. Basement's got two flights of stairs and one goes downward more. Yeah. <laughs> well, one there's a regular basement, then there's the Freudstein basement. He lives in the Freudstein one. Oh, yeah, man. Somebody's changed to a fucking wall getting a lime splashed on them. But then if you take the stairs from that one, you end up uh, beneath the cabin in Evil Dead 2. There you go. The fruit cellar. He's in his little murder basement, his his, his Freudstein basement, <laughs> and he comes up and he's like, hey, how about this toy, Larry the Larva? They're like, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to take anything, Pino. I think we're actually going to be good. Derek doesn't seem like he likes anything. You smell like booze and you're freaking me out. Yeah, you smell like burning electrical wire. Get away from me. <laughs> It's in a box that looks like a repurposed My Buddy toy. Yes. <laughs> kind of. It's this purple box with this disgusting looking larva. I don't know who the fuck's buying this thing. Larry the fuck, I mean, I would, but Larry the fucking larva would not be a hot selling toy that year. That is a Spencer's Gifts uh, item. That is not like at a regular ass toy store. That is in the KB Toys aisle of the clearance shit that's like was in the back. Maybe. It's what you get someone so for the rest of their life that ask you what it does. Yes. <laughs> what is this? do i figure it out it doesn't do anything <laughs> it press the button this damn thing don't work <laughs> does it does it not work tell me again does it work does it not work that might be my favorite part of the whole movie so sarah and derek leave and fucking mickey rooney just shoots up to 11 he's like i ought to break you in half no one wants to come in the store because of you because i fucking hate you he fucking goes he goes full rooney he goes like nick <laughs> he goes nicholas cage on this fucking kid okay he just loses his fucking mind he's like you son of a bitch i'll break you in half on my knee come here i fucking hate you meanwhile they don't know the discipliner's in the store and he's like having this big blowout with pino yeah he like drops a toy and he's like huh what's that he's like oh sorry sir he's like wait can i help you i'll murder you too get over here man i'll stab you in the fucking eyeballs back off gramps you smell like and then i'll go punch it at my other job at the museum of natural history in new york city you smell like booze back off gramps so pino like when he bumps into the discipliner as he's trying to get the fuck away from joe Petto, he uh he drops the larva toy and uh discipliner has all this other shit in his hands because this is not part of his research and uh, Rooney's like, oh, yeah, you've been buying a lot of toys lately. He's like, you want me to ring you up? He's like, oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, and he picks up the larva toy. Yeah. And he ends up buying it. And he's just like, can you hurry it up, Pops? He's like, hurry it up, you fuck. <laughs> he keeps telling Mickey Rooney because Mickey Rooney's trying to make small talk like with him. Yeah. He's like, oh, come on, man. I don't got all day. Hurry up. Mickey Rooney's also like, oh, cash your card. Uh, charge. Charge. Cool. Let me manually add up every item you have on my counter 
and then also read back every number that's attached to these toys and then just take as much time as I can to ring you up. Were you in the service, kid, or what? I don't know. Can you shut the fuck up, old man? Give me my shit. I mean, I guess what? What is it? He's a lonely old man. He's lonely indeed. We'll get to it. And uh, the the key thing here is that... uh, when uh, the discipliner goes into his pocket to get his wallet out to pay for all this shit, he uh, drops this newspaper clipping and uh, doesn't realize he dropped it. And then when he leaves, Mickey Rooney sees it, and it's an article talking about Derek's father mysteriously dying. And he's like, he's like, ah, shucks, and he gets up. Something about a whole family being slaughtered, but the father's <laughs> gone? I don't know. Right. I love that this article names Tom Quinn. <laughs> As if he's somehow important to anything. <laughs> uh, he might have been like a, a lawyer or something. It Yeah, it didn't say local man skewered with fire poker and freak accident or something like that. It says Tom Quinn slayed at home. I'm like, who the fuck is Tom Quinn? Tom O'Quinn. Oh. I mean, I guess that that's some serious like shit they put in there just for the audience. <laughs> just in case you missed it. <laughs> right, so that you can, you can keep that red herring either going depending on how you're reading the situation or just be like, oh, okay, it's not him. It's un- And then Mickey Rooney flips it over and it's says IOU. No, it says uh, WZW. <laughs> maybe it says JM, maybe. I don't know. This is the beginning of this thread where the movie just expects you to forget about it. Right, because he's taking all, he's buying all these toys, and he's yeah, okay. So he drops the fucking uh, 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 clipping, and then he takes these toys. He goes to his fucking hotel, and he's like taking them apart to see if there's any like thing, anything wrong with them. Right. Well, you don't, you find that out later, but at first you're just like, okay, he's just taking apart an Ecto one. All right, sure, but that whole thread goes nowhere, and we'll, we'll get to it a little bit later. But like. There's no reason for him doing that, and there's no resolution for it because of the other. Well, well, no, because of the other things that he does, and like the connection between him and Sarah and Derek, and then it just kind of fades away into the background, and it's like, well, wait a second, were you hunting this guy or what? Yeah. Also, in the same scene, the toy store, like the editing and the music, and like the way this be- it's all being filmed, makes it seem like every guy in that building is a bad guy. Well, I, I mean, I'm curious to see where you're going with this because I, as of right now, completely disagree with you. I think it actually like makes perfect sense. We'll get there. So uh, Noah or the discipline or whatever you want to call him, he uh, goes to the hotel and starts taking apart these fucking toys, <laughs> and then this landlord comes a knocking, and then. Creighton Duke knocks on his door. <laughs> uh, do not sully that man's name with this fucking character. I thought you were going to tell me where Jason Voorhees was. Now give me your fingers. Where's that gator face print? This guy has the w- the weirdest negotiating tactics in the world because he's like, <laughs> he's like, your ass is grass. Get out of here. Your credit sucks. <laughs> he goes, he's like, but I paid you every day for the past two weeks. He's like, I don't give a goddamn. He's like, you're a fucking bum. He's like, that was then. This is now. That was two weeks ago. This is tonight. And he's like, he can't get, yeah, he can't get the cat. He he doesn't, he's like, you got cash? He's like, oh, I like cash. And he's like, oh, I don't have it. I'll give it to you tomorrow. And he's like, no, motherfucker, you're out tonight. So the thing that sways this man is the fact that he's like, hey, I'll give your kid a nice Christmas present. What do you say? And he's like, huh, you know what? Maybe, yeah, you're not a deadbeat after all. A toy? You ain't no bum after all. Give me that Larry the Lava. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? But you gotta see the, you gotta literally see the scene because he pauses to, like, think about it. Like, he's actually considering this fucking option. What? Yeah, he's like, oh, wow, you gave me this Dollar General looking toy. Consider our debt 
paid. I'm telling you, man, Larry the Larva was a hot commodity at that time, I guess. There was literally only one. It was like a Turbo Man that year. I'm sure it was a hot commodity in the one five and dime in Spring Lake, New Jersey, where everyone there is 75. And and the thing is, I, I guess I will say... Uh, this is a tiny bit, <sighs> plot hole is the wrong thing, but of course the one toy that he grabs is the one that is defective. The single toy that he gives away. However, you're not getting any fucking kills in this movie unless these toys are being either taken or given to other people. Sure, but it could have just been written better where they actually killed people for reasons instead of just like... Sure, I, I'll, I'll agree in that respect. Instead of bartering for a fucking hotel room? <laughs> Yeah. We've introduced this character so we can murder him in five minutes. And and I think, you know, at the end of the day, this landlord's plan is still to come back, you know, the second the hotel opens the next day and and knocking on that door to say, all right, well, you gave me the toy. Where's the money? Right. And there's this weird thing where he plays into it because he's like, oh, it's a toy. It's a toy to die for. And you're like, oh, is this a guy making the toys because he's buying toys and opening them up or whatever? Right. I mean, you find out later why he may have made that joke. And not not knowing what he really meant, I suppose. Well, sure. Uh, but you're right. It definitely plays into that. And then uh, this landlord's on his way uh, home. Uh, and I got to say, <laughs> I know I'm not the best driver in the world. My uh, girlfriend, unfortunately, <laughs> reminds me of this occasionally. But uh, I think I'm a hell of a lot better than this guy who is like he's driving in the fucking uh, Daytona 500 whipping around these roads. I forget exactly how this happens. Like, he's got the toy in the back seat. It, yeah, it falls off like the back seat, and then it starts like it's quote unquote slides out, but it's kind of like ambiguous at this point if it crawled or slid towards the front of the car. And he's like, he looks down, and he's like, "Hey, what? What the hell is that? What? What the? What, what the? What the? Hell? <laughs> what, there she is. What? What the? What? What the? What the? What the? Uh, this guy, he picks it up, and he's like, huh? Hell, a hell of a thing. Hell of a storm. Yeah, hell of a thing. Let me try to put it on. Let me drive 90 miles an hour, uh, swerving all over this road, and also play with this uh, toy in the car at the same time. It's got, like, a battery on it and, like, a push button, and you push it, and it fucking just crawls because it's Larry the Larva, question mark. This is a toy that would have been pretty fucking cool in, like, 1954. In 1991, this thing is like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, we're we're on the we're on the eve of vid- like the verge of a video game, you know, explosion. Yeah, yeah. And there are toys out there that are like, you know, GI Joe is already a thing at this point. And like every toy in this movie that is focused on or highlighted is something that would blow a kid's mind like 1954. Right. Yeah, doesn't look like a video game cartridge to me. But not in 1991. <laughs> I mean, well, listen, this puppet looks fucking cool. I'll give it that. No, it is It, it is cool. I want to layer the larva, but it's just... Sure. It's just like... The, the way this pans out, he's like, he like presses the button and things crawl, and he's like, huh, how do you stop this thing? What does it do? What? Right, because it keeps inching towards his thigh. Oh, it's, it's broken. It must be broken. It has ceased to be. It is not functioning. It does not work anymore. It must be broken. It needs to be repaired. It's busted. And then he's sitting there thinking, I'm really going to get that fucking Noah when I come back tomorrow. (laughs) Give me a broken toy for my kid. He doesn't even say that. You think he'd like say that to himself like, motherfucker, like cheated me out of whatever. Yeah, yeah. So he throws this thing in the back seat. And now it's completely sentient and, like, crawls up the back seat and fucking jumps into his mouth. (laughs) 
supercharged. Don't forget that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the fucking the fucking electricity running through its back. In case you weren't sure, audience, when it was crawling out the back of his chair, that it was sentient. You needed that extra electricity uh, effect <laughs> to know that it's evil. You didn't know it could harness the speed force, and now you do. Oh, there it is, dude. This guy again. What is? I kind of love the kill in the car as a, as a trope. I, I pick on it a little on the show, but I'm kind of like actually really into it. And uh, why, why are people in horror movies and action movies really never stepping on the fucking brakes or trying to pull over? Why are they just going to continually gun it while they're like literally being murdered? I don't know. I, I, I The only one that ever made sense was Child's Play because of the way that... Uh, that that was done where Chucky's under the chair and basically causing him to have to drive because he can't. I think he, like, ties his foot to the pedal or some shit. No, he, like, pushes his foot out of the way and, like, presses the accelerator or some shit. Yeah, it makes sense, is my point. He's just kicking random, like, he's... Sure. He's stopping the brake pedal, he's stopping the gas pedal, like, he's just kind of, like, randomly stopping each one. Mm -hmm. And then he he eventually dies. Ooh, this is... This is gnarly. Oh, yeah. The toy crawls into his mouth, through his skull, and out his eyeball. It's awesome both eyes fall into the back of the head yeah first it like sucks his eyeballs out of its skull and like i guess eats it or something and then burrows through the fucking socket yeah and that would be enough but this movie doesn't know what enough is (laughs) and so his car then gently bumps up a dirt ramp designed for bmx bikes his car sails about 10 feet and then uh explodes as if 200 pounds of tnt were attached to (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah dude it's glorious it's giant explosion it goes up a small hill and flips like by the grace of god it flips because it doesn't have that much airtime, and then goes boom (laughs) so while this guy's getting a fucking larry the larva through his head and exploding uh the discipliner like breaks into pedo shop he he breaks into this place way too easy multiple times multiple times he's just popping this fucking door open pedo needs a goddamn security camera he needs some fucking ADT or something, man, yeah. Well, by the final time when it was crucial to save someone's life, man, he was fucking in and out of there. Oh, yeah. He ends up going through all of Pedo's shit and, like, finds this picture of <laughs> Pedo From 1970. Yeah, from uh, but it's a picture of Pino and Joe, and Pino looks exactly the same as he does now, and Joe is considerably younger. It's a picture of Joe and a member of Frankie Goes to Hollywood, okay? <laughs> Yeah. And and there's a date on this says 1970 and he just looks at it and goes, "Huh, chicken. Huh, broken." And then he just fucking that's it. Like totally disregards it. Well, I think he has some ideas cuz he's It doesn't fucking matter. Well, here's the thing. I guess I'm just going to talk about it now and then we'll maybe we'll come back around this later when you get to your point later in the episode, but Sure. My whole thought process was he he had been casually like keeping this case in mind because he had you know been a kid when the first case had happened in the 70s yeah and when he read about it in the newspaper he had been staying away because you know his ex you know as we find out lover uh was married doesn't want to interfere or anything like that and then once he's found in a mysterious death he's like okay well uh i i think joe petto's involved because of what happened last time and he's just kind of converging, you know, his two uh, reasons for being in town. A being, let's figure out if this is pedo again, because it probably is. And secondly, I'm also going to, you know, maybe try to get with my old girlfriend who's now, uh, you know, a little uh, hubby-less. I'm going to jump in her husband's grave. I don't think that holds water because it's like... I'm not saying it holds water. I'm telling you that it that it holds it together for me. No, no, 
I, I'm saying it doesn't hold water because, like, he doesn't fucking, like, he's, you think that's what he's doing, right? He's, like, trying to f- crack this case or whatever. But, like, the reason that he fucking goes to see them because he finds out that he's dead, it doesn't say anything about a toy or a killer toy or anything. Why the fuck is he going to Joe Petto's? Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, 45 minutes later in the movie, he explains w- the whole story of the Petto history. Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense because he, he, they never... I Yeah, I guess I see what you're saying, actually. They never explain why he's going after Joe or looking into Joe in the first place. Uh, okay. There's also a big narrative, like, coincidence that never comes up again regarding the home. Yes. Because I'm just thinking of it now. I felt like I got enough. I don't know. I, I, I This movie rates pretty low for me, but I felt like they gave me enough that I wasn't questioning it. Uh, <laughs> I, no, I, it just, I'm saying they've set it up and then they're just like, eh, whatever. I get what you're saying, though, now that, now that you put it in that context. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, he, uh, he sees this picture and then uh, as he's leaving, he's like, huh. I wonder what's in that trap door. Hell of a thing. And uh, before he gets the look, we have this quick scene with Mickey Rooney coming down these fucking basement steps, and and you think he's going to get caught. <laughs> but he just goes into a filing cabinet and pulls out a bottle of Jack Daniels and leaves. <laughs> Fun fact, this is not in the script. Mickey Rooney just walked through the set, started drinking, and everyone was like, all right, fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. It's Mickey Rooney. Just let him do what he wants. Um, He fills up this fucking whole glass full of Jack Daniels and drinks the entire thing. Yeah. And then he he goes back upstairs, and then um, Discipliner checks that trap door, and just the second he walks down the steps, Pino starts, like, beating the shit out of him or something, and and he gets away, and they don't really explain it, and Pino looks pissed off, and that's... Yeah, it's the the professor's wife. It's what's-her-name. She's down there. He, like, lifts the trap door, and he, like, grabs him and, like, pulls him down for a second, but he gets away or something. That's pretty much the extent of it. Yeah, that's it. It's very strange. Well, Pedo had to dismember her, and he had to put her in the fruit cellar, okay? Someone's in that fruit cellar with a fresh soul, man. Let me out! And it's not Pino. By help me God, I put Pino in the fruit cellar. <laughs> <laughs> hey kids, it's me, Haggerty the Blue. This week's special code word is Larry the Larva. Direct message movie dumpster on your favorite social media app to enter the secret Santa giveaway. Again, my secret code is Larry the Larva. Good luck. <laughs> well, then we go right to the next morning uh, back at Sarah's house. And we're little uh, running a uh, gag for the next few minutes of the film of how Derek has this uh, this music tape that he listens to with headphones on. But he listens to it so loud that when his mother's calling him, he doesn't hear her. Well, this kid's like six. He is not listening to fucking music they make for, like, babies that you put on in the car. <laughs> He's listening to the live version of the Coming Out of Our Shells tour from the Ninja Turtles, okay? <laughs> I fucking wish. It's more like... <laughs> I thought he was listening to Christmas music, but I, 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 I think at one point he is. Oh, it might be, but it's but it's like it's it's like babyish versions of it. It's not like actual Christmas music. No, totally. It's just like te- it's just it's just Teddy Ruxpin tapes. <laughs> this is Teddy Ruxpin Christmas. But yeah, without the bear, he's just listening to it. Yeah, without the bitch, it's like it's he's like I have this idea for a medium called podcasting. <laughs> 
my my guess would be it had to do with licensing, and maybe they were just like, for this little gag, we're not going to spend any money. We're just going to have this bullshit thrown in here. Yeah, sure, he's listening to that. No one's going to think about it. Besides these people, thirty years from now, we're set. We're setting it up for later when he has when we have a jump scare thing. Exactly, and uh, they're going to go see Santa Claus at the mall. Um. So at this point was when I realized that um uh, I had been played again by Joel Escola. <laughs> because not only this movie had uh, uh, mechanical tiny terrors, but then mall Santas all in a room together. <laughs> and then, and then, and then I heard his voice. Oh, hey, Connor. And then he fucking turned around. I was like, and I just fucking, I had a pen in my hand. I just fucking threw it down. I was like, God damn it, Clint <laughs> Yeah. Lest, lest we forget, though, before we get to our friend Clint, or, you know, our enemy, we're not really sure. We do get uh, another present left at the door. Oh, yes. And Mom is under the impression that it's the neighbor, Kim. Yeah. But Derek, you know, you can see it on his face. He recognizes the wrapping and the, and the note to, to him. And he's, he's shook, but he, you know, he doesn't talk, so he doesn't say anything. Yeah. So this movie also, like, I know it has to do with the time it was made, but, like, I can't fathom the idea of just opening my door and going, like... Oh, a package from a person I didn't see arrive, didn't see leave, with no name on it, addressed to my son. Let's bring it inside. I mean, that's a horror movie trope big time, though, like, really. I guess, but it's, like, not even in, like, a brown box or anything. It's just a wrapped present. Yeah, my problem that comes immediately in the beginning of the movie when his dad does it, because his dad's like, hey, it's fucking four in the morning. What the fuck are you doing awake? Blah, blah, blah. I'm probably drunk. Hey, what do you mean there's a package left in the door in the middle of the fucking night? I won't investigate this. You open the door at four in the morning? Well, and I mean, he only really opens it because it's like moving around when he when he looks at it in the beginning. Like, maybe he thinks it's like a puppy or some shit. I, well, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to throw the guy a bone. The adults have weird uh, reactions to it is what I mean. You, you are right, though, because it's like, at least in the beginning, like, you could maybe make the argument that, yeah... You know, somebody dropped that off, and you didn't see him because it was dark and everyone's sleeping. But in the middle of the afternoon, like, eh, that's a little bit of a head-scratcher. Also, if you are, like, well, it depends on how much Derek said, like, the night of, but, like, if you are this wife, and, like, you're, the night your husband died also coincidentally ties up with, like, a mysterious package being left in your front door that says, do not open till Christmas, that's not a triggering event for you? Like, you don't see this and go, ooh. Yeah, but, like, you gotta remember this. She she might not know that. Uh, right. That's what, I guess that's what I'm saying. Nobody fucking knows that. Because Derek's not saying anything, and, and t- you know, the husband got killed, and she just saw some fucking papers on the ground, like a ripped-up gift bag, and the the gift had already rolled out the fucking way, so they, they, she doesn't know. Yeah, so why the fuck is Noah like, yeah, there's a killer toy maker guy, he killed you. F- right, I'm saying he's just he's just making a bunch of assumptions here, you're right. If it doesn't mention the toy at all, I guess my whole theory crumbles, but that was my thought process is, he's putting two and two together because he knows Pedo has been up to some shit in the past. Uh, it's fucking 40 years ago. Well, 20 in the movie. I mean, 40 in our timeline. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm agree. Listen, Joe, I'm agreeing with you when you mention that detail that it's not mentioned in the news article. I'm just telling you that's how I think they were trying to uh, have it make sense. But you're right. You're absolutely right. Sure. No, I get that. I get that. It's just, I'm saying they just, like, lost their own thread towards the end. Hmm. But, yeah, Clint Howard is one of the Santa Clauses that work with uh, the discipliner who is just, you know, I guess trying to make a buck. Question mark? Like, he's there in town because he's back from the... The, the service well you think he's been there for at least two weeks and two weeks ago the husband mysteriously died so he has to have 
gotten into town and because of that again it's a little bit muddy as we're talking it out (laughs) but that's the idea i think haggerty was there he took the job from haggerty i think haggerty's still working there haggerty's in the back hey man it's it's christmas i gotta go fight some elves man can you cover my shift hey man you really are sorry aren't you I couldn't get the job at Golems, and I couldn't get it here either. This fucking Noah guy took it. Peter Shrum was there too, but he got shot by Tim Thomerson. It was a whole thing. I told I told my boss I had to go fight some elves, and he just fired me. It's the weirdest thing. He said, are you drunk? I haven't drunk in two days. I'm sober, Hugh. What are you talking about? Elfin hooting. So yeah, so then he's he's done with his shift. And Clint's like, yeah, so how the little rascals out there today? He's like, well, I only got pissed on twice so far. And then I... He's like, oh, have you seen the boss, man? He's like, I never got paid. And he's like, oh, he's out front somewhere. And he's like, oh, great. And he looks, and he, he doesn't see the boss, but he sees Derek and Sarah in the line. He's like, oh, shit. Now, now we, the audience, still don't know what this guy's deal is. Yeah, but what's his endgame here? So he, he yells at Clint Howard. He's like, let me take your fucking shift. And Clint Howard's like, all right, man, jeez, you tank it. Oh, you're a masochist. Oh, gee, oh my God, you're the pulling you around. Oh, God. <laughs> I still get paid the same, man. You're right, though, Joe, because it's like... I can think of multiple ways how this situation plays out where it doesn't end the way it does. Right. Okay, so what happens is basically is he goes out there for the extra shift, and, you know, he a little girl comes on his lap, and she has this long fucking list, and the entire time she's saying it, he's zoning off looking at Derek, and Derek's like, oh, what the fuck, this guy's weird. He's like, naughty. <laughs> Punish. They have this joke where they take the picture with Sand and the kid, and... They go to take the picture, and the little girl's smiling and shit, and and <laughs> the discipliner's, like, looking off to the side. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, all right, next kid. And uh, Sarah comes up, and Derek's kind of hesitant. And she's like, oh, come on, tell Santa what you want, because otherwise, uh, you don't know what, you know, we won't know what to get you. You know, kind of hint, hint from mom. Yeah, but he, he's like, he's like, oh, tell Santa what you want for Christmas or whatever. But he's never once, like, I'm your dad. I, yeah, but it's such a weird place to do this. So, like, what was he going to do? By the way, that's his dad. I, I know we kind of been dancing around that the whole time, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. De- Noah is Derek's dad because he... Here's here's the problem with this character. His name isn't mentioned until, like, an hour and five minutes into the fucking movie. And it's very offhandedly. Yeah. Yeah, and this movie is an hour and 27 minutes long, or something like that. His motivations are left deliberately obtuse to the point where you don't know what he's doing from scene to scene until someone identifies him later on like it's it's kind of infuriating that's what i'm getting at and like so he he wants to see Derek Y in the middle of public to do what to to, to tell him that he's his dad to to to, to tell him that he's going to have killer toys at home or whatever like it's- i i think you're overthinking it i think it's just as simple as Shit, that's my son. I've never had a chance to actually meet the fucking kid. I can't, I can't, you know, pass up on this opportunity. And then he kind of like once, you know, the 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 situation is in his literal lap. He doesn't know what to do when he kind of blows it. Okay, okay, I can, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Because he, because he can't be like, hey, I'm not actually Santa. I'm your dad. He's gonna get fucking fired. By the way, your dad that you thought was your dad who died two weeks ago isn't your dad. Okay. <laughs> it's just your mom's sugar daddy because she couldn't fucking survive otherwise. She says that later. Oh, straight up. She found she found Craig T. Nelson in a bar and she was like, wow. So yeah, that makes sense to me now about him wanting to see his son. I, I mean, that's the way I read it because then you know with the kids not talking and sure mom's like all right maybe another time and he's like no you you can't leave because he's you know he's never seen his son but then it's just like 
this creepy guy at the mall. Yeah. This doesn't look suspicious. All the while while this shit's going on, Pino is at their house. Yeah. And he, like, removes this brick from, like, by the Bilco door, and it says Pino 75, and he has a fucking key to the Bilco door, and he, like, breaks into their house. He might as well have taken that brick and thrown it through the screen at my face. (laughs) At this point, like... I already groaned when they revealed their fucking names. Now, like, he goes to their house, and there's a fucking... He... Oh, God. You know how, like, when you were kids... I don't know how many of you did this at home, but, like, uh, if your father or something, uh, you know, spreads, like, concrete or some shit, and you can, like, write your name in it, and, like, you know... Right. You know, Joey, uh, age seven or whatever, 1986 or whatever, you know? Oh, yeah. It's There's no subtlety. For One, it's a contrivance, and two, their idea of explaining this contrivance is be like... Oh, well, they used to live there. He has a key that's literally, you know, with his name engraved on it in the backyard by their fucking cellar door. This threw me for a loop because I'm like, oh, that's their house? And I was like, I thought it was somebody else's. I mean, I, 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 you know, I, it's fucking stupid, but I kind of bought it. I was like, (laughs) sure, why not? (laughs) At that point in the movie, I was like, okay. He wanted, look, they used to live in this house that Sarah and the guy Tom lived at, or living at now. Hey man, Tom Quinn's a big star, apparently, okay? He is, he's a a very famous man. Everyone knows who he is. They had to name him in the paper. (laughs) (laughs) So, Pino, like, breaks into the house because he used to live there, we find out, and then, like, he's just being a real creep like looking at all the pictures and shit and like laying in the kid's bed and like playing with the toys and shit well yeah he has this like it develops over the course of the movie but like this weird like fascination with sarah and he's like touching her photos and shit and her clothes yeah he's rummaging through underwear at some point and i was like ah movie i hate you now uh yeah it was her bra he's like caress he's like looking at it uh, he's great though. He's such a fucking creep. I his performance is fantastic. I'm not gonna take that away from him because he's so his dead eyed like just forward stare never breaks. And he makes no effort to to do this in a hurry. He's like farting around and shit. Oh yeah. And they they get home from the mall. Mm-hmm. And you know Sarah's unloading like you know they're shopping. And Kim kind of, like, runs over, like, hey, uh, you weren't home before, were you? And she's like, no, why? Meanwhile, at this point, Derek's already gone inside and is in the house in his room or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure I saw someone walking around in your house. I just, I had to say something. And she's like, oh, my God, Derek. And and she runs in and looks all over for him screaming. He's not answering. He, like, goes inside and pl- gets that little tape player and, like, goes upstairs and walks into uh, her the bedroom, her, her bedroom. And, like, you know Pino's still in the house. So she freaks out and she runs inside and she's screaming for him. She runs upstairs. And he is, like, laying down on the ground behind a fucking chair in the room. Looks like he's dead. And she runs over. She's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just laying here listening to my music, Mom. I'm just listening to Teddy Ruxpin. Tell me things. It was just so, like, that was such a bad fake out. And just enjoying some old McDonald's, Mom. (laughs) And then Pino bursts out of the fucking closet and runs out of the house. And then, uh, you know, she does the responsible thing. She calls the police and gets a restraining order. Nope. Nope. She feels bad. She goes to his dad and talks to him. Yeah. I mean, listen, I get it to a point where it's like, okay... This was super scary with this guy breaking into my house, but, like, nothing happened. And it's also, like, the kid of this, like, guy who's, like, really hard on his luck up the road. Yeah. Also, like, from the maternal instincts part of it, like, the the pure, like, primal aspect of it is, like, 
you're in my house with my fucking kid. I'm not getting a third party. I'm going directly to you. Well, exactly. And I mean, it's not even like it's a friend where it's like if it's if that happened with like a, a friend of yours or something like that, like a family member of theirs came in your house, you could have that one on one. It's like, it's a more of an acquaintance, really. She she doesn't owe him anything. It's a creepy pale kid dressed like a greaser. Of course, I would go address him directly. Well, she does this great thing because she goes and fucking Mickey's hitting that booze before she comes in and he like throws the bottle under the counter. He's got a, a juice glass full of fucking Jackie's down. Yeah, man, he's he's fucking hitting that juice hard. Sure is. Drinks that whole fucking glass down. And to be fair, she goes in and she's like, she's like, what the fuck? Like, Pino is in my house. She's like, I'm going to call the goddamn cops. She's like, I don't don't call the cops. You don't need to call the cops. Well, first he outright denies it. He's like, nah, what are you talking about? He was with me all day. Yeah. (laughs) I threw him down the stairs. He can't go to your house. Don't lie to me, Joe. I saw the fucking kid. And then then he drops the bomb of, oh, we used to live there. I I lived there many years with Pino, me and him. (laughs) Because she threatens to call the police. He's like, oh, wait, wait. Listen, here's the story. Here's the Lord drop. I used to live in that house with Pino. And now I live here, and it hasn't ever been the same. The end. This will never come up again. That's all the information I'm going to give you, okay? I'm going to leave all the details out that make me sound like an asshole. You'll get those from Noah later. You'll get the... You'll, the he'll fill in the gaps. Don't worry. It won't happen again. <laughs> it's okay. As soon as your back is to the store, I'm going to go beat the fuck out of that kid. <laughs> <laughs> And then she was like, by the way, Joe, uh, did you know that he had a key in my backyard just there for the last 20 years? Did you know that and just didn't mention that? Uh, uh, good seeing you, Sarah. Well, see ya. I might have put that there. <laughs> Oops, I forgot something. Did you know it was there? I, I Maybe I put his name in the brick, okay? I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. There was a lot of alcohol involved in lots of these decisions. It's mostly a blur, a black sheet over my face. I don't even remember making the boy. I woke up and he was just that. Ma- I mean, having the make. I didn't say making the boy. He's a real boy, obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, I always wanted a real boy. So then this, like, rolls immediately into him rampaging, flipping out, screaming, attacking Pino. Oh, my God. This is the... And it's... Like, I'm making these jokes, but yeah, he goes, Mickey Rooney's performance is so convincingly terrifying. <laughs> he, uh, he's such a tiny man. Who has so much fury. I know, like, I didn't realize it, but when he walks into the room and then he's sitting next to the filing cabinet, I'm like, oh my god, he's so tiny. He is, he is a, a fucking goblin <laughs> in a museum compared to Dick Van Dyke, who's like six feet tall. Yeah. And Ben Stiller, who's like five foot five, maybe five foot six. And like, Mickey Rooney is still this like, just cherub who's running around the <laughs> So he goes on a fucking rampage after Pino, but Pino like locks himself in the basement. He's like, you gotta come out sometime, motherfucker. And I'll be here. I'll be here to break you in half. Yeah, like a like a fucking school bully. Like, yeah, go ahead. Lock yourself in the classroom. I'll be outside. So then we cut to that night and mom's bringing in uh, the gift that was left on the porch in a pretty cool in a pretty cool POV shot. And Derek immediately is like shaking his head no, like, oh, no, I don't want that present. Yeah, she, she's like, I know you couldn't open, I know I told you you couldn't open this till Christmas, but uh, you can open one. And he's like, I don't want it. And she's like, oh, whatever, it's fine, fuck you then. And then Kim ringing the doorbell, coming on over, her good friend. Go eat your hand eggs. We're going to sleep. He's in his pajamas, mom's in her pajamas, we're ready to go to bed. And Kim comes over like, hey, how you doing? Want to have a glass of wine or some shit? Well, she does, so I guess it worked. <laughs> <laughs> then Rumpelstiltskin breaks her neck and then... <laughs> I 
<laughs> he breaks through the fucking wall. But yeah, so Derek runs the gift at while mom's busy. <laughs> First, he tries to throw it out the window. Oh, yeah, and it doesn't fit. And he's too weak. He's too weak to open the window. That's my favorite little part of this thing. <laughs> Well, he only does use one hand. Just put the present down and open it. Yeah, he's a dumb six-year-old. Yes, this is true. So his, uh... Yeah, open it and throw it in the garbage. Well, so he runs it out to the trash can, and he thinks, okay, problem solved. Well, Lonnie, uh... <laughs> Kim, Kim's quote-unquote adopted son... The prodigal son returns. Yeah, sees this and just pulls the bow off of it where it says for Derek and just, like, fucking runs down the street and just opens it like it's for him. Yeah, he's just down there. Meanwhile, like... Kim is like on the couch talking to Sarah and I just thought this was such a shit all the adults in this movie suck because like Kim's husband I mean uh, Sarah's husband just died and Kim's like Jesus Christ well you wouldn't believe the shit that's happened to me uh, but it's not like my husband was killed right before Christmas and my son saw him die it's not like my husband died right there you see his bloodstone <laughs> probably still there yeah it's still, the chalk outline is still there well you know it's kind of one of those things too where like kim is uh about to have a really bad christmas so i i i can't feel that bad about it her adopted son's a piece of shit yeah he is an asshole i don't know he he's a little asshole i wouldn't call him a piece of shit because he's just really busting the balls of uh, this babysitter and her boyfriend buck who may or may not be his sister? I don't think they are. They're the last name. I don't think they have last names. Yeah, I even if they don't have last names, but I'm just saying, like, I the way that this kid. Okay, so he takes the present and he opens it up, and it's fucking. It's a pair of rollerblades, and he puts on the rollerblades, and the babysitter and this guy Buck are walking down the street. Now, I thought since Kim like lived next door, like that was her daughter and like that was his her little brother and he was fucking with the boyfriend because he was a douchebag or something i just think they live in that neighborhood that's it either way it's fucking stupid local kids you, well you think it's stupid now uh but then after some like shenanigans involving the babysitter and her boyfriend uh the gimmick with the rollerblades is revealed and they have bottle rockets attached to them i'm sorry they're supposed to be small small uh, you know pro- <laughs> propulsion devices <laughs> these fucking things fly this kid around he's like i don't even know what he's spinning around yeah screaming he's got like chinese new year on his feet he fucking flies into this driveway and he's doing like fucking circles and shit he has little uh what are they snakes those things you just light up and they just you know fucking oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of looks like that it is the dinkiest little firework uh pyrotechnics attached to the back of these things it's so funny <laughs> all the while while this is going on we cut i forgot we cut back to the fucking joe pedos and he beats the living fuck out of pino here he assaults pino with a bottle of jack daniels in his hand dude he breaks it over his head yeah he fucking cracks pino over the head with an empty bottle of jack he goes you bastard you, you son of a bitch but the whole time he is cussing at him daddy little motherfucker he's like i'll fucking kill you shit come here he breaks a bottle over his fucking head. He slaps him. He throws him into a filing cabinet and then grabs him and chucks him sideways down the stairs. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, Pino, I'm sorry, Pino. Sorry. And there's a fucking great shot of, like, I guess a stuntman or this actor, like, 
going like head over heels down this fucking staircase into the dark. It is great looking. I, I I fucking lost it when he cracked him over the head with that fucking bottle, man. Oh yeah. It's like a fucking bar fight. Like Mickey Rooney, dude, you're in a horror movie and you're 110 years old fighting a child. It's just fucking hilarious. A child may be an exaggeration. He's he's like in his 20s at least. Sure. Um, and then we cut back to Lonnie literally launching off his fucking uh, feet more or less, into a car, and then slam cut to him in a hospital bed like Devin Sawa at the end of Idle Hands, just, like, bandaged up his whole his whole body. I know, yeah, and it's like, they show the impact, and, like, he kind of, he gets hit, he rolls off the hood, he rolls off the hood, but when he's in the hospital bed, they have him bandaged up and set up, like, okay, for one thing, I, I'm, I work in the medical field, so some of this shit I just notice. His arm is suspended in what looks like like burn mesh? A net or something, right? Yeah. A net. It, like basically and that's like that's what they put around my arm when I got road rash. Maybe. And then his head is <laughs> he's wrapped up like a fucking mummy. And he has two black eyes and his lips are busted. And the rest of him is also in a cast. Yeah, he's bug he's Bugs Bunny casting for sure. I'm like, was this I'm like, was this car going four hundred miles an hour? Like <laughs> I think that's definitely a budget thing where it's like, all right, we, we don't have the money to like do this like crash really well, but let's do the aftermath really well. P.S. So I'm I'm watching the scene. The whole movie it's bugging me because I'm like, I just I just saw this in my notes and I was like, the whole the whole movie was bugging me because I was like, who is Kim? Like, who is this actress? Where have I seen her? So I look her up. Her name's Neith Hunter. Oh, she's the main character in 4. She plays Kim in Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, the same character. Yes, she is the main... I, I, I wasn't even putting that together because I was... <laughs> I watched five the other day, and then I watched four before this recording, and I was like, God damn, why does this actress look so fucking familiar? I, I wasn't even putting that together. I figured out I've cracked this franchise. It's all just different timelines. <laughs> right? It's the same people. It's always Christmas. It's Christmas every fucking day. Let's just put it that way. And it's it's just different timelines. She's very good in four. You got Clint playing the same fucking character as he plays in four, and you got this chick playing the same character she plays in four. And Silent Night, Deadly Night 6 will have uh, Chrono could come out and summon a bunch of older versions of the Silent Night Deadly Night cast and they'll come out and fight the newer versions of the Silent Night Deadly Night cast and then in Silent Night Deadly Night Aftermath Billy comes back from the first game oh my god that'd be amazing <laughs> and then in 7 they just they, they don't follow up on any of it they just renege the last like 10 years of shit mm -hmm. and uh, it's all new it's fresh brand new yeah they're like hey guess what it's a second reboot congratulations but there's bugs in it or a third or fourth or fifth however you want to look at it yeah, and by the way, chapter 11 is bugged and can't be finished. <laughs> so, so after we go to the hospital, we go we go back to the to Derek's house and now mom's at work and he's getting babysat by this babysitter, Meredith. Meredith is her name, yeah. The fucking doorbell rings again and and this little fucking moron again does not look to see who it is. He just unlocks it and opens the fucking door and Noah's there. Yeah. He's got a gift for him, and and like Connor was saying earlier, he brings it up on an RC car. Yeah, he's like, oh, he, <laughs> he's your fucking gift I got you, kiddo. And he's like, hey, I uh, I got you this this present. I don't really know how to give it to you, so here it is. Uh, <laughs> I found it in a sewer. Hey, your mom's around or anything? No, okay. I used to fuck your mom. I think you're my kid. That was too forward. Let me go for this again. <laughs> <laughs> Let me try that again. Close the door and I'll ring the bell again. And this time, Derek says nothing the entire time. <laughs> 
at least the babysitter, Meredith, is a little responsible. She shuts the door immediately and is like, yeah, no, we're not talking to a stranger. Yo, she stranger dangers him the fuck off that property, okay? She might as well have hit him with a fucking Harry Potter spell. She's like, get the fuck off this property, Armus. Oh, yeah, Expelliarmus, motherfucker. And then she, like, tries to figure out who he is, and he kind of, like gives, like, a few, like, bullshit answers, and then finally is just like, all right, I, I just want to talk to Sarah. Where is she? And she's like, she's at this place. He's like, okay. Yeah. I'm a steel trap. Get off this lawn. She works here. Yeah. He gives her the address, and then we smash cut to the to the to her job, and it's an establishing shot of where she works, and it's the fucking live building who released this on VHS and and who is the who is the distribution company for this film? Oh my god! Also, uh, in order to create some fake tension, uh, she parks ten miles away <laughs> from uh, the entrance of the building, so she can walk through a creepy parking garage that I was convinced was actually the same location just shot in different ways so she could just walk through it a bunch of times hey man she's not gonna be able to run away from something if she's not parked far away nobody else works here either yeah here's the thing though like there's this like fake tension being built up i say fake because it it absolutely is and like she's like oh ambiguous terror and then she like gets to her car has some kind of seizure and uh instead of like you know putting her key into her car door she's like trying to shiv it well i think it's that thing where she just found out from her friend that her friend's kid almost died because of this gift that he fucking found in the trash that was theirs originally, was tampered with. Someone's trying to do something to her fucking kid, and now she's walking in this dark garage by herself, and she's hearing footsteps in the distance. And she just freaks out. She drops the key, it falls like in a sewer grate, and she knows she's fucked. Now, the part that doesn't make any sense... It's totally null and void because of what she says next. What the fuck was this dude's game? He appears like Deep Throat. He's like, what? He's like, Sarah, and then fucking chases her. This whole fucking garage has open spaces, and you pick the one that's over the fucking sewer grate, and you drop your fucking key into it. I... yeah, I'm not gonna really ding it for that. I... I sure. Also, Noah chose to reveal himself to his ex-wife... By hiding in the shadows and just going, Sarah, and then freaks out and runs away so that he chases her. Well, that that is the bigger problem for sure. She knows who it is. And he chases up, he runs up to her, and he grabs her, and she's like, ah! And then they fucking start making out. So bizarre. And you're like, wait, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. What the fuck is, oh, is some exhibitionist shit? What's happening? <laughs> I'm like, is she into this sex sex fantasy? I'm so put off by everything that's going on right now. Well, no, apparently they were together six years ago. Yeah. And uh, he joined the military, and he kind of uh, is a little bit more responsible now, and uh, that's why he's back. She sa- he says, that's my kid, isn't it? Remember when we fucked and you got pregnant? And she was like, yeah, but you weren't responsible at the time. Well, no, she never told him he- that she was pregnant. That was the whole thing. He was, like, pissed about that. Oh, right. And he- he's like, oh, you were, she's like, oh, you weren't responsible at the time, so I, I found out somebody that could you know, I wanted to go back to school, so I found somebody who would pay for my school yeah. and take care of me. Yeah, Mr. T. Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> so she, she's like that fucking, that Eagles song, man. She married the old guy for the money and fucked the young guy on the side. Yeah, 
pretty much. And didn't tell him that it wasn't his kid, I guess. No, but like, and then she knew it was him the whole time, and he's like, why'd you run? She's like, I don't know, because the plot said I should. Yeah, that was kind of stupid. Daniel Baldwin appeared before you and said, this is where you run. <laughs> run to this mark. He handed me a script. Uh, a man named John Hurt was there, too. He printed it from his car. <laughs> so they're just like, she's like, well, my husband's dead, so I guess we could just pick right up where we left off. I love you. My, my husband's been dead for maybe seven days minimum let's have sex in the back of my car i mean based on the way that this goes i if this guy had introduced himself or reintroduced himself like earlier i feel like she would have divorced that other guy in a heartbeat maybe right oh i i it, honestly it plays out like they were having an affair it, that's what i'm saying like they jump right into it without skipping a beat that's just the way that goes so now i have to deconstruct this awful sequence <laughs> Well, hold on, hold on. Oh, okay. We gotta go back to uh, Derek getting his bedtime story. Yes. As Meredith is literally reading him the story of fucking Pinocchio. When they turn into the donkeys. Yeah. What movie did we watch recently where someone was watching The Old Man in the Sea? Of Unknown Origin. Yeah, that, okay, that in film... It infuriated me the same way because I didn't like that movie, and I fucking hate the old man in the sea. <laughs> he was also reading Moby Dick. But that's a little different. That That is trying to like say, oh, we're kind of like old man in the sea. We're kind of like Moby Dick. This is like straight up saying, this is Pinocchio. In case you didn't pick up on it. And this infuriated me more because there's no subtlety here at all. Like, where in that movie, I was like, I get it. Obsession is unhealthy. Ooh. And this is like, hey, <laughs> this is just fucking Pinocchio. <laughs> it sure is just Pinocchio. So then he falls asleep, and she goes and you know she shuts the door and she goes into his bedroom because he's sleeping in his mom's bedroom and you're like okay what the fuck's going on here and uh surprise buck's in there and he's ready to fuck yeah buck wants to fuck for sure oh i was really hoping to avoid that line at all costs <laughs> oh it was coming no matter what come on man and it's on a fucking kid's bed yeah <laughs> Derek's bed, his little six-year-old bed. <laughs> He's gonna wipe his dick on this kid's teddy bear, dude. They're getting hot and heavy, and then it cuts to Noah and Sarah, and they're getting hot and heavy, <laughs> and it keeps cutting back in between these two things. Yep. Now, one of these sequences looks like two grown adults having a very, you know, scandalous tryst in a parking lot. Dude, it's a fucking Skinamax special. Other one looks like a pro wrestling match. I don't know what the fuck is happening in that fucking bedroom. And they, they also keep cutting back to Derek, covering his ears and his eyes and throwing <laughs> the covers over his head. I felt so bad for this kid. This would be so triggering. It's just like they cut together the scene from Problem Child 2 and like a Red Shoe Diaries episode. <laughs> And it's like, what the fuck is happening? It's super unnecessary. I, I I don't need it. Two parallel sex scenes that just keep cutting back to one another. And it's so gratuitous. And like, like it's like the Zack Snyder Watchmen sex scene is so it like earns its spot because the fucking flamethrower spot at the end, which is just ridiculous. And this outdoes it by just like the, the whiplash you get from going like, okay, 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 stop. Like, <laughs> I don't think you need like ninety percent of it. I think you just need no. You need like a quick thing with with Noah and Sarah to indicate that they're you know, this is what happened. They didn't have to fuck, but they do. Well, sure. But I'm saying, but I'm saying, let's let let's just assume they have to for the sake of the movie. Uh, you you don't need to do that in an elongated two minute sequence. You just you a quick thing, implied. However you want to do it, and you could pretty much eighty six the entire teenager sex scene because it's not really it's it's more of a hump scene. Well, <laughs> it's a it really is. It is aggressive dry humping, and like 
the boyfriend keeps like jumping on the bed and changing positions and so he could like you know dry him from a different angle also sarah and noah's sequence actually i think helps to increase like the impending dread because sure they're doing something that while they're allowed to is ultimately irresponsible because it results in somebody dying they're setting yeah they're they're setting the ho- the house up for disaster because like an intruder is about to show up yeah it's it's nonsense the fucking doorbell rings <laughs> again <laughs> <laughs> but Santa just comes in. Hey, part one, what in the other? Hey, fuck faces! I'm here to ruin your night. We said two teenagers were killed by toys. That is incorrect. One teenager is killed by toys. The other one is a Highlander. I think so, right? And she, she can take an absurd amount of punishment and just get up and walk away. So Mickey Rooney drops these fucking toys in that room and then sacks fucking Derek and splits. Now, these toys are killer toys, and they and she notices them. She's like, what the fuck? Did you kill a toy on the ground? What the fuck's going on? Meanwhile, Buck's, like, still getting hot and heavy and shit. It's this whole long sequence of all these different fucking wacky things happening. This fucking hand, this hand crawls up, this mechanical hand, and, like, fingers this guy's ass, and he's like, I like it, keep going. He's like, you never did that before, babe. It's like, it's just grabbing his ass cheek, and he's like, you've never grabbed my ass before, I like it. I like it, and it's, like, massaging his back, and then it, like, tries to go for her fucking vagina, and she's like, wait a second, Buck. Now, here's the thing with that, too. Sorry, I just want to backpedal real quick. She makes mention that, like, Sarah's on her way home, so they they got to do, like, a quickie. These motherfuckers roll around in this bed for what seems like an hour, just dry-humping each other with all their clothes off. They're rolling around like a fucking lion or an antelope in there, okay? Like, I was under the, you know, based on the way that conversation had gone between her and her boyfriend... It was almost like they don't have a lot of time. She really doesn't want to chance it, but he doesn't give a shit because he's the one ripping his clothes off and she still pretty much has hers on. I don't think she wanted to. I think she just was okay with the makeout session because she didn't want to get too into it in case mom got home. I guess. (laughs) Question mark. Because they're like fucking... It doesn't matter because the toys interfere regardless. Yeah, they're in their underwear. These these toys... um begin to dish out like okay so first the snake like this like rubber snake animates <laughs> it has googly eyes and yeah and ties her hands together while this fucking this dismembered hand you know, out of his butt and goes up to his fucking throat and starts choking him she rolls off the bed and this fucking tank rolls up and i okay i thought she was outright dead Dude, yeah, me too. This thing shoots her in the chest, and her chest fucking explodes like the Giver, okay? There is a walnut-sized hole in that woman's chest. In right where her heart should be, and she's just... And then she keeps getting shot by, like, these army men. And, yeah, and she's like, ah, and she's vocally, like, like reacting to everything. I'm like, how is she not just a pile of goo right now? I have no idea... This RC car, like, grows spikes out of its bottom and, like, latches on to Buck and then grows, like, buzzsaw hands and, like, goes to cut his head off, but we don't actually see it. That thing is fu- Okay, that's a sci-fi, like, robot wars or some shit. That's not a toy. It's a straight-up murder device. It gets its own soundtrack, like, its own fart guitar when it shows up. It's like, like, whenever it's on screen. <laughs> and it has, like, it has, like, 75 moving parts and, like, changes shape, like, four times and grows more blades. These two get a word 
worse than the fucking landlord. Oh, yeah. It's the only fully realized killer toy, I feel like. Everything else is just, like, other bullshit with stuff glued on it. The tank and, like, the soldiers, like, you're like, oh, those are toy tanks and toy soldiers. Once the, the razor blades on wheels show up, you're like, that's a battle bot. What is it doing here? That's, <laughs> what is it? That's, that's, that is only designed to cause harm. <laughs> so you think these two people are dead, for sure. She gets shot, like, a bunch of times. I think it's, I think she gets shot again by one of these things. Well, here's the thing, though. The tank doesn't actually hit her. The tank, like, blows some shit off the fucking table next to the bed. She, the, the, she gets peppered with these regular shots, and then a, a literal cannon, like a Civil War cannon, comes out, and that's what shoots her in the chest. Oh, yeah, same difference. She gets shot by a... Whether it's a tank or a cannon, she gets a, fu- she gets a fucking bullet to the chest. But Buck is 100% dead, though. Her, her, she's left kind of ambiguous up to this point. Oh, yeah, dude. Bucky gets fucking murdered by this thing so hard but like so then this like what the fuck were those toys we i think we all had them they were those um monster trucks that you press the back of them and like their the the grills open up to have teeth yeah no yeah no i had one that was a tank but it was like a stegosaurus too or some shit yeah i had one it was a it was gravedigger and when you pulled the back of him like he just massive jaws opened up and it was like yeah like the monster it was like a monster that like opened yeah the mouth yeah i know what you're talking about it's one of those but it's like a fucking symbiote and has these giant fucking teeth it bites her in the thigh first of all second reason you should be dead because that's that's the femoral the femoral artery and you'd be dead in seconds. <laughs> then it chomps on her face. <laughs> and then it cuts away. And you're like, oh, she's dead as shit. Because then it cuts to Bucky, too. And he, Bucky's dead as fuck, too. I keep calling him Bucky. That's not Bucky. Sorry, Mr. Barnes. But then we we, we, we don't have just, like, Sarah and Noah immediately get home. Like, first they have to, like, they just finished up fucking. They're putting their clothes back on. Well, wait. The, right, right. The, the way that scene ends is there's, like, a superhero doll flying at her with, like, a bomb on it or something. Uh, yeah. I feel like that was, that one, that one was a little excessive. But you're right. That does happen. But, yeah, the, this is where you get that final lore dump on Joe. The last piece of the uh, Joe Petto <laughs> fucking puzzle yeah uh where the discipliner explains you know when he was a kid in the 70s joe got in trouble uh because you know he sent all these presents to kids and they uh you know they mutilated a bunch of kids and even one kid possibly died so joe petto you know he's not some nice guy that he presents himself as but the the, the thing is with that whole with that whole uh uh situation is it's heavily implied that pino did that and joe just took the fucking rap for but nobody knows that because his wife did die and he and his and right it drove him crazy right yeah the discipliner does say that well joe petto's wife died and she was pregnant so he like wanted a kid right and that that's what noah says he's like maybe he just went crazy and no one could have a kid if he can't but really it's it's pino i think is the implication Uh, my point is this guy has a relationship with this woman and then like goes to the army like what the fuck is the connection between him and joe petto and why is he investigating him at this point yeah i mean like i said uh, i mean i think that he was just you know look it's it's his it's his disciplinary year zero okay he has to (laughs) he has to he has to figure his shit out i get it so he so the first fucking uh uh murder that he comes across in the newspaper he goes to avenge and it just happens to be his his ex-wife or whatever and then he gets real big balls goes to try <laughs> try to fight terry o'quinn he gets fucking murdered immediately <laughs> and then he gets murked but you're right i mean I, I i totally get what you're saying though joe it's like uh not not to beat a dead horse here but it's like i it made sense to me but you're right like how does he come from the conclusion like it's one thing if it did say 
toy found on scene or some bullshit but right it's just it's just kind of the thread just goes limp and now we have this other thread that makes i think he's just basically running on assumptions is really what it comes down to right but what i'm saying you didn't even need that because he's going to find sarah anyway because he wants to reconnect with her because her husband died or whatever sure right 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 i I I think part of it is just an excuse to have him in in different locations where he can uh, hand toys off to people to have them be killed i'm a red herring that's what I do. Uh, yeah, no, that that definitely is part of it. <laughs> the music is telling you to be suspicious of me, and I won't reveal my name or intentions for another hour and a half. I mean, this movie has a lot of problems. I mean, I'm not trying to uh, totally uh, try to fix them here, but... Uh... No, totally. And then they have this exchange where he's like, well, what are we going to do about Derek? He's like, ah, fuck him. Just tell him you're his dad. He'll deal with it. He dealt with the, his dad, his other dad dying in front of him. <laughs> It'll be a soft blow Compared to the last two weeks, here's <laughs> <laughs> your new dad. So then uh, they get home all all nonchalant, and uh, then uh, <laughs> Meredith jumps on the hood of the car, covered in blood. <laughs> what the fuck? It blew my mind because I'm like, this woman should be dead. How did she? What? How? What do you mean? No, she's not dead. She got down the stairs outside and then leaps onto their car. And still has enough wherewithal to just keep screaming about what fucking happened. You know, she could have took the stairs, but, you know, she just fell out the window. (laughs) (laughs) And then she just walked over. The the thing here, too, is like, so they're like, oh, it's the toys, the Geppetto. Oh, we gotta go get him. He's got Derek. Okay, let's go. But then that superhero one flies out of the window. and It flies out of the window, and when it hits, when it makes contact with the ground, it explodes. The last thing we see is this thing flying towards her in the bedroom. She should be a fucking grease spot. Yeah, well, anyway. She's like, what's her face in the first Austin Powers? She can't be killed. Like, oh, yeah, right? Why won't you die? So then, uh, Sarah gets in her car and speeds off. Well, I guess it's actually Noah's car and speeds off, and he kind of is like, because Kim runs over and he's like, oh, just just watch Meredith call the police. And she's like, for what? He's like, Joe Pettos. And he runs off. He goes, I don't know. I got to go. I'll fill you in later. <laughs> and he just runs away. Sorry, buck dead. Details later. Call the police. And uh, we we go to Joe's shop and it's it's dark. <laughs> but uh, Sarah's Sarah's there. She can't get in. So she goes up to like the apartment part of the building. Um, She screams at this door. She's like, Joe, I know you're in there. You got my son. Wouldn't you kick this fucking door down? I'd break it. I'd throw I'd fucking break it straight up. I mean, I don't know how heavy that door is. If it's made out of, like, steel or some shit, I'm not breaking my feet over the thing. It's a glass door. <laughs> you gotta separate the characters. He's got, he's kidnapped your son. So the back door is open, and she runs in there, and she sees his fucking filthy scum apartment with, like, paintings of her all over the place, and, like, toys, and, like, uh, mannequins and shit. A model train on the floor. It looks like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house, if instead of, like, taxidermy they were into mannequins yes i was thinking the same thing it's like tourist trap there you go and she's walking through this area and the only thing really of note in this scene is that she finds a photo of i think it's her and her son and there's a knife in uh derek's face (laughs) a bloody knife (laughs) by the way everyone uh here's your here's your warning uh this movie's about to go 20 feet into the fucking deep end okay (laughs) It's already pretty far out there to begin with. I mean, once the once the uh, I guess what is it like the in the magic terms from the prestige once the turn happens, you're like, what the fuck? Oh yeah, I mean, we spoiled it a little bit, but goddamn, it's it's not going to be any less nutty. Yeah, wait until we, wait until we describe what it looks like. <laughs> 
while she's upstairs trying to find her son, the discipliner arrives. He runs in, and he's got this magic screwdriver, and he just breaks the lock immediately and walks into the store. It's not his first rodeo, man. He's the master of lockpicking. He's Jill Valentine was his idol or something. Sure. The master of unlocking. Because they seem to do, like, the Resident Evil style of character separation, which is like, you're in the same building, but you can't see or hear each other. Right. Because there's a flipped over table in between two hallways. Yeah. Uh, so he he makes his way down to the Freudstein basement. Okay, first of all, there's this like, like remote control airplane that's like shooting live rounds like at him. Yeah, which is fine. That's kind of cool. He takes it out almost immediately with a stuffed bear. And uh, he finds this, like, the only door down there. Well, he goes to open it up, and here's Joe Petto, again, in this fucking full Santa regalia. <laughs> Mickey Rooney. With, with a squirt gun. I thought it was acid. I thought it was acid, too. He shot, he shoots this guy in the face, and he screams in his eyes, and then he falls down and is presumably dead, right? I expected the next shot to be, like, just acid dripped through his fucking face all melted. I guess it was just, like, vinegar. In my head, like, I forgot that he sprayed him with the, the squirt gun. And in my head, he was just throwing haymakers because I just, you know, that's just how he's been acting the whole movie. Because whatever he gets in his eye, whether it's alcohol, water, or God knows what, prancer piss, I don't know, uh, he falls backwards into the patented uh, pile of boxes, and then he's just KO'd for, like, the next five minutes of runtime. Yeah. Yeah, you even see his little hand sticking out, like, just, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like the fucking super shredder. <laughs> Sarah makes her way into the basement and um, goes into the room. Uh, no problem. No squirt gun or, or Geppetto or Joe Petto, excuse me. Um, and it's like a lab and like, this is like where all the toys are being created because we see like, you know, just a big bucket of servos, question mark and toys being, you know, armed with spikes and razor blades and bombs. You, you saw a bunch of distinguishing cultured gumball robots? It's, <laughs> yeah. So then Sarah, she sees like this lump of shit in a chair <laughs> with a mask on it. And she's like, huh. She goes over, pulls off. It, it's Joe Petto. I wonder who this could be. I just thought he was like knocked out at first. Yeah. But I guess he's just dead. No, it looks like Pino actually beat him to death yeah he's got two shiners man he's got two big black eyes yeah yeah he doesn't have like any wounds he just looks like he was just assaulted until he died which like like at this point mickey rooney's how old like one good shot to the nose would probably just do him right there well that's what i'm saying he probably punched him in both eyes and then he just died because he was old like mickey rooney he can totally dish it out but he's got a fucking glass cannon because he's so fucking old a bee sting could take him out yeah maybe but well before it takes him out though he smashes a beer bottle a beer bottle over the beer of uh, the bee and then he like calls a bunch of names <laughs> yeah he goes out swinging but yeah so sarah's walking around and she sees this and then like oh shit there's another mickey rooney yep in a Santa suit. But they're not wearing the same tuxedo this time, so it's really obvious which one's which. Oh, yeah, because it's definitely not a rental. And she's like, wait, huh? Wait, uh, how are there two Joes? Oh, what did... What, what? <laughs> <laughs> she just shows up to react to things. And then Joe says, have you ever seen the Men in Black? And then just, like, puts the button on the side of its head, and the fucking, like, mask comes off. The galaxy is on Orion's belt. And then his fucking face comes off. It's not even, like, okay, it's not simple robotics, like... This is some advanced cyborg shit that falls off this dude's face, okay? It is ridiculous. Okay, whatever's inside is harnessed sentient power. He's got, like, the fucking Mind Stone in there. Yeah, it's like like some cyberpunk shit. 
Like, it's a full interface that allows him to manipulate. It's like a, what is that fucking thing from um, Total Recall that he played? Two weeks? Like, oh, right, yeah. It's something like that. They never explain it, right? So you just see a head. It's still got the fucking Santa Claus outfit on. And now that the Mickey, the, the Mickey Rooney head has been detached, it's just this, like, base with no face on it. But, like, it's very clearly, like, a mount for, like, other attachments. Yeah. And it's got these fucking lights and computers going on. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? And it reaches over and grabs the Pino head and slaps it on. And at this point, I was like, you know what, movie? Do what you want. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't care anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the way they do this effect, both works really well but also looks really stupid um i'm I'm kind of into it because he's like a big plastic robot right they make it a point to film him undressing <laughs> they make it a point to film him taking off his pants and showing you that he has nothing down there well Ge- <laughs> geppetto can build anything they, they zoom down to his crotch they zoom down to his fucking concave crotch and all i could think about was like wow this is like the ending of Sleepaway Camp, except swinging way in the other fucking direction of, like... That's not even the punchline. They, they pan back up to him after he says that, and he goes, well, almost anything. Yeah, he couldn't build dicks. He looks like the fucking Michelin man with a <laughs> nine-year-old's face. Like, he what? looks ridiculous. Okay, so at some point... So this is artificial intelligence, right? I mean, I thought it... I think Job is involved in some capacity. It's, he's gotta be, because there's no... there's. He was built to to be Joe Petto's son, because... Job Petto? Job Petto, maybe. Oh, God damn it, Sean, that's too good. Oh, man, that fits <laughs> right in there, huh? The real toy maker of the MDU. Like, this movie just hand waves away the concept that drunk as fuck <laughs> balloon static hair mickey rooney built a fucking terminator in his basement that usurps him replaces him and then plans to murder more humans okay this is a sci-fi dystopian nightmare happening <laughs> in this fucking dingy ass red lit basement full of mannequins and it doesn't mean a fucking thing no it doesn't <laughs> like like pino's whole point is like oh i want to be a real boy daddy always wanted a real boy but i'm not a real boy i'm a robot you are an advanced form of life what are you doing i mean you know you said all that connor but you think about his creation and how shitty it is oh it sucks inside and outside like personality wise oh first of all he's made of like garbage yeah he's made of like looks like discarded plastic and like pieces of other toys and then like yeah, his creation, like, from the, the story around it, like... Well, I, I don't even mean that. I, I just mean, like, Joe Petto made this thing, so Joe Petto is gonna make it in his likeness, and Joe Petto's a piece of shit, so, of course, Pinocchio's a piece of shit. Oh, you're thinking... I, th- I was thinking... You're thinking way too much into that. I thought he was just making, uh, our, you know, a, a, a son that he could just beat anytime he wanted, that he could just fix... <laughs> That's a wrinkle I didn't think about where it's like he made this because he says like he broke me and now like um he fixed me. He's always drinking. Yeah, he's always drinking. He's always breaking me, but he always fixes me. I'm like, that's some weird fucking Stockholm syndrome shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, his So his whole thing is like he targets Sarah and Derek because they lived in his old their old house. Right. And the idea here is that he wants to kill Derek so that Sarah can be his mom cuz he's never had a mom. And so he goes about this by uh forcing her at knife point onto a table and dry humping her. Oh my Ooh. god, dude. I 
at this point, I decided I hate this movie. <laughs> Dude, you're underselling this a little. I mean, not that we need to go super detailed here, but he grabs her ass. He's grabbing her boobs. Oh, man. And he's like dry humping her. And he's like, my, he's like, oh, mommy, mommy. He's, I always wanted my mommy. I'm your son. I could be a good son. I, I can do all the stuff a son can. Every time he's saying like, oh, he's, he's, he's using the word came like cheekily. Yes, he is. But every time he does it, he's, he's adding a fucking pelvic thrust. And I was like, fucking stop it. <laughs> I can love you like a real son. I love you, mommy, while he's f- fucking dry humping her against this workbench. Yeah, I, like, one, this actress, bravo. Oh, yeah. How she's not cracking up? She is not, not corpsing for this entire thing. I don't know how they filmed this without people just fucking laughing. <laughs> like, come on. It's so dumb. It's, it's dumb looking. It's dumb sounding, but like when you see an execution, you're like, oh god, no, stop doing all of this. No, it's it's superbly creepy when you actually see it. Sure. It's creepy as fuck, but it's still stupid. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, I'm, he's all, I'm your son now and all that kind of shit. <laughs> I'm your son because murder. This is my favorite part because he's like, yeah, well, your son's dead. And he's got like three Santa bags hanging up full of shit. And he forgot which one the kid is in to stab and kill because he keeps like ripping them open and all the toys keep falling out. You know why he forgot, though? Because when he's like, you know, fake raping her, for lack of a you know more appropriate term, she grabs like a screwdriver off the uh, desk behind her and smashes it into his head, and he gets all like kind of fuzzy and fucked up. Yeah, he gives her, gives you a little screwdriver to the head. This guy's or guy kid, you know, whoever we're playing Pino, like his his acting like ascends at this point because now he's not just being a creepy kid, as being like suspicious. Now he's a, a fucking plastic robot who's malfunctioning. Yeah. And he's doing some wacky shit. So it, it, the the crescendo of this whole fucking scene is like, you know, Derek has to die, blah, blah, blah. And Derek like rips out of this sack. Well, he almost gets stabbed. Jumps on it. Yeah, he almost gets stabbed. Jumps on his back and is like, help me, mommy. Ah! Yeah, it's, it's the first the first words he's spoken the entire film. He bests this fucking robot by jumping on his back. And then Noah, like, I guess recuperates and comes back in and fucking just like i don't know tell oh he tells sarah to grab Derek, so she grabs him off him and then he fucking cuts this guy's or he cuts pino's arm off with like a fucking axe okay but then the discipliner gets his ass kicked by a one-armed man <laughs> oh dude he gets his fucking <laughs> shit rocked now apparently like not only is pino a row up but he's like 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 we were just talking about, like Connor was saying, it's like a Terminator Pino because apparently he's super strong. He's super strong and he stops emoting altogether and he's just grabbing. And super naked too. Yes. And he's just grabbing Noah and just like, like grabbing him by like the collar and hurling him 15 feet across the room. Do you, uh, you think Mick G saw this movie? I was just going to say, this is like the end of salvation. <laughs> Literally. People throwing people into shit. Oh my God. Can you imagine this ended with Pino just punching with the chest and he just died? <laughs> <laughs> he stopped his heart. I'm going to be into it. But then mom's had enough of this shit, and she grabs the axe and just cuts this fucker in half. Right in half. Oh, my God. I was not ready for that. She fucking just cleaves this dude in half. Um, But then, like, the insanity's not over, because now he's crawling towards Mickey Rooney's corpse, and he has, like, a Bane voice. He's like, he's like, father, I just wanted to be a real boy. He's like, all he wanted was his son. Fix me, daddy. Fix me, father. Fix me, father. I have broken your face and your brain. And then fucking mom just fucking heel stomps this motherfucker's head into oblivion. I love it. It's great. And then then little Derek, because he's got to get a few lines in. (laughs) Because we're paying him. Mom, it's okay. It's just a toy. (laughs) It's just a 
toy, Mom. They're like, yeah, okay. Who's this guy? And then they, like, kind of laugh and put their heads, like, on him. Like, it's kind of touching, actually. He's your dad. If there was one more scene... Uh, in our pantheon of movies to add the Family Matters uh, outro or intro to. It's this fucking sequence where she's like... Oh, the nothing matters? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, he's like, who is this? <laughs> yeah. Whatever happened to predictability? Yeah, the full house plays because we're, yep, mm-hmm, we got the family back together. So then they go to leave and you think, okay, that's that. Well... Man, the ball's on this movie. Yeah, well, first you gotta have Derek come back in for another line for some reason. Just a toy. I said that already, but Bob... I'm not a very good actor, but I'm, I'm kind of adorable. Watch Demonic Toys in two years when it comes out. I'll have ascended into a spiritual form. <laughs> now watch as the camera pans up to the right to this dummy they've shown like 12 times in the last five minutes. And its eyes fucking have that electricity in it, like to suggest that like that's another Pino or whatever. Like what? Well, it also, if that doll has a, a passing resemblance to Derek, too. Yes, it does. Yeah, right? I, well, I thought Derek was going to be a toy. I thought the implication was that there was a bait and switch, and at some point Same. Like, I don't know how this worked, because like, what's on the shelf is really a doll, but like, sure. are they implying that the kid that leaves with Sarah is a fake? Maybe. I. That's where I thought it was going, Connor, and, the, and they don't go there. But I was just thinking about the repercussions of that in the MDU of like, you know, you know, talk about Clint Howard wooden soldiers getting sent all over the MDU. What about, you know, robot, you know, Mickey Rooney kids, you know, to Uncle Sam and to uh, Child's Play 3 and all these other movies of Pit. Oh, my God. They're like the Screamer kids from Screamers. Oh, yeah. Well, there's so many fucking inferences in this movie. I don't see why not that that's fine. Right. I just real quick. I thought. That what was going to happen was we were it was going to come out that like Tom, the guy who died in the beginning, that the, the other dad worked with Joe and made this fucking huh Pinocchio thing, like because he used to because they used to live there or whatever, and like kind of like a, a body melt thing where like you know they were two scientists or whatever together that like created a fucked up thing, right? Uh, but that doesn't happen. He, Tom is just a scumbag, sugar daddy motherfucker that nobody cares about. Yeah, there's no ma- there's no mama for Kelly in the corner, really rubbing <laughs> rubbing it down long and fast. Holy shit! And then credits. So that yeah, that that's it. That's Silent Night, Deadly Night Five, The Toy Maker. So, uh, it is trashing through the snow, boys. What, uh, what present is this under our Christmas tree? This is, like, opening up, like, maybe some kind of, like, cool robot toy, but then opening up and finding it that somehow during the process of purchase, transport, and wrapping, it has just, uh, irreparably fallen apart. <laughs> and, like, you pick it up and can you hear the fucking loose pieces in the box? You're like, oh, no, someone did a breaking. It's the knockoff? Or that, oh, oh my God, that's that's even better. <laughs> Where you wake up and you're expecting, like, a fucking Spider-Man toy, but it's, like... Spooderman? It's, like, Arachnid Man. Yes, yeah, yeah, Spooderman, and there's, like, a Power Ranger in there. <laughs> it's, like, an incredibly disappointing present after you rip all the ra- wrapping paper off of it, where you, you're left going, why would you do this? Uh, <laughs> especially on Christmas of all days. Um... This movie's ridiculous. And I don't mean it's ridiculous like like some of the more out there movies. Like, you just reference Body Melt. Body Melt is fucking insane. But Body Melt is fun and cohesive and you can keep up with it. Sure. And this movie is just fucking dumb. And it's got these stupid soap opera reveals that don't go anywhere. And it's full of melodrama. But also wants to have all this like outlandish graphic violence and these preposterous little mechanical terrors. And... Mickey Rooney, uh, it, it's just, 
it's the fifth movie in a franchise that didn't need to be a fucking franchise. <laughs> and, like, clearly there was no breath or, or steam left. And it's just, like, after it's over, like, good God, take this out back and shoot it. <laughs> like, it sucks. Like <laughs> this, is, this is a Larry the Larva for me. Because I feel like most people don't want this at all, but I I I kind of need it, you know. I, okay, I will add that like there's a freak show appeal to it because if you got like in this setting where we're talking about as a group, it's highly entertaining to me because like when you start to dissect the really insane parts of it, you're like, what the fuck were they thinking? And just laugh about it as a solo experience, as a new movie to me. I'm like, oh fuck this. <laughs> it, that's exactly what it is. It's a Larry the Larva because I feel like most people aren't going to want it but I'm def I definitely want it because it's just this fucking weird anomaly uh again like fifth movie in a fucking franchise that just didn't need to happen that doesn't have anything to do with the other films but has characters that are named the same and might be the same characters question mark uh the fucking story is out there like most of the movie kind of meanders and does some bullshit that i don't really care for but the kills are fun and it's so goddamn goofy and wonderful and i gotta tell you something that ending that whole idea with like this robot kid being pinocchio and like wanting a family and then going fucking insane uh because of that and like having like a drunk dad that like beats him and shit even though you know what i mean like all that shit is so fucking bizarre to me i like that if it was not in a christmas movie and not in a franchise that like didn't you know didn't need to limp out this long see that only turns it up for me you know what i mean again larry the larva you know who the fuck wants that i want i want silent night deadly night five the toy maker because it's fucking weird trash and i need it to survive this life <laughs> um i can't i can't argue so that's my gift uh going back to the well a little bit uh this is that gift that uh, you ask for a specific item but you get the wrong thing. Uh, I forget if it was last year's uh, Trashing Through the Snow or our, our, our first season, but I had joked about that uh, for some movie. I can't remember which one. I remember this, yeah. It's kind of weird with this movie. I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. It, it, it's, uh, it's fucking wacky. <laughs> and and uh, sometimes I think it's wacky intentionally, and other times I think it's wacky unintentionally. And both of those are good. Now, my my, I think it was in a negative light when I used this uh, as my answer previous uh, Christmas seasons. But in this time, it's like it's not what I wanted. But it's like the weird asylum film that you got by mistake that you pop it on just for shits and giggles, and you're like, you know what? I laughed way more than I thought I would. This movie's still a piece of shit. Um, no doubt, no doubt about it. Um, but uh, you know, I kind of liked it. I, you know, I, I talked about how I just watched 4, and 4 is, like, a way more serious film, but I kind of like this one better. I, I feel like it's way too serious. It's a little bit, uh, it was a little hard to sit through, to be honest. It just gets, like, super intense in that last, like, half hour, 40 minutes. I mean, granted, you get to see Clint Howard, you know, fuck somebody against their own will. I mean, that's always, uh... Hard pass. Is that a plus? I don't know. It's n I guess it really isn't, right? <laughs> but going back to this movie where it's just zany and off the walls, and, and when it is trying to be serious, I feel like it, generally speaking, does uh, nail it. You know, although the sex scenes uh, maybe uh, make me sound a little contradictive there. I don't know. Am I going to revisit this on a yearly basis? 
Fuck no. <laughs> Am I going to revisit it on a on a semi-yearly basis? Fuck no. <laughs> Maybe every five or ten. I don't know. P- might not even ever watch it again, to be perfectly honest. But uh, I didn't hate it. I don't know. I'd probably buy it, uh, maybe, and, and just throw it on the, you know when I bought it and then forget about it again for a while. <laughs> um, Mickey Rooney is just out of his fucking mind. Oh, he's so good. I like the Discipliner. I know that's not his actual fucking name, but he's the Discipliner to me. I mean, anytime you bring that... That that type of character in there, yeah, you know, he's not exactly looking for vigilante justice like in, in The Stepfather, but, uh, you know, in my mind, uh, if you ignore the plot holes Joe's pointing out to me, it, it works. Um, I, I don't know what else I could say. I, I It's still a dumpster movie, like, without a doubt. It's probably even, like, you know, mid-low-tier dumpster, but I, I don't know, something about it I like. I, I don't know, every once in a while, these low-budget, crappy movies tickle me, and this is one of them. It's charming, for sure. It Here's the thing, like, I don't feel like an hour and 30 minutes was stolen from me. Yeah, exactly. Which is like, you know, it's an optimistic take on it, and you said, like, you would give this, a, like, I would absolutely give this to someone, but I would conceal as much information about it. I would go with a black marker and scribble out every synopsis available on that box, <laughs> And just leave pictures of Mickey Rooney and whatever the fuck else on there, and go just you know, nope, just take the journey. Like, <laughs> well, and that's the thing. It's like you got you got to at least let people know it's it, it's a it's the fifth uh, movie in a in a Christmas themed slasher franchise, and Mickey Rooney's fucking in it. Um, Mickey Rooney and Brian Bremmer fucking steal the show, man. Like they're worth price of admission just to watch this fucking movie. Jane Higginson, she was pretty damn good. I. I think she's really good, too. The guy that played Noah was fine. I mean... He's okay. So, yeah, we got some we got some more good stuff coming up uh, in the in the coming weeks for Trashing Through the Snow, so stay tuned. Uh, look out for uh, Haggerty and Dobby to tell you what's coming up next. Um, and, yeah, you can support us by jumping over to that Patreon. Give us the, the 2 or 5 or $10 tier. Get yourself some MD swag, access to commentary tracks, and, and all kinds of good shit behind the scenes. Um, and yeah, for no money at all, you can go over to Apple Podcasts and, uh, give us a five-star review, uh, if you dig the show, and, uh, that helps us, uh, get out of the bottom of the dumpster and into more eardrums, like Sean says every episode, and, uh, so, so yeah, stay tuned for some more good stuff. Absolutely. We're gonna have Julie Lockwood returning to the show next week. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Got a little Whoopi Goldberg for you coming. Yeah. I cannot fucking wait. Welcome in Whoopi to the MDU. A long time coming. <laughs> She's whoopsie. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm whoopsie. Uh, but we also always love to thank our Patreon subscribers, especially. And just want to give a shout out to Hunter Davenport, Brendan Lemune, The Autistic Gamer 89, Christopher, Jacob Chavez, Leonardo Roberto Talavera Barocio, Michael Bay and Platinum Dunes present Texas Chainsaw Gorlami. <laughs> Okay. Amanda Tweed, Joe Has a Mustache, Dustin Elkins, Nick Lowry, Dalton Bell, Serge Murillo, Matt Collins, Tyler Monty, Lucio Fulci's Butt, <laughs> Julia Lockwood, Kyle McDonald, Nicholas Walters, Justin Kiefer, Daniel Perhaps, Jacob Fonsback, Patrick Farmer, Tony from Hack the Movies, C.B. Smith, Arlen Hara, we're getting all the friends in here. Wow. Oh, uh, man, we're, that's, uh, thank you, Phantom Zone boys. <laughs> yeah, my I, my heart is warming. Thank you to everyone. Oh, and John. Thank you, John. We can't forget John. And and that's everybody as of this recording. Thank you so much. Yeah, J- John with a dubiously left out last name. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Kana, yes. Oh yeah, that just made my heart melt. Thank you, thank you all so much. So that's it. That's Silent Night, Deadly Night Five: Colon, The Toy Maker from 1991, directed by Martin Kitrosser. Hey everybody, if you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Subscribe to us anywhere you listen to your podcast, and make sure to leave us a five-star review if you dig the show, because it helps us get out of the bottom of the dumpster and into more eardrums. Yeah, and if you're on the social medias, you can follow us at Movie Dumpster on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Joel Escola. I'm a very tired Sean O'Rourke. And I am the flesh prison of Conor McGraw lost in the speed force somewhere. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. You're drunk! You're always drunk! Don't you turn your back on me when I'm talking to you! Wait a minute! Where do you think you're going? I don't have to listen to you anymore! You 